Davis Mills, baby. Yeah. No, not that one. My, you, you've got that covered, Mike. You like him more than anyone else. Just say, it. Just, just, just say it. Davis Watch. Mills's mom is calling Mike and being like, hey, how do I cheer for my son like you do? <laughs> Davis Mills is, is showing uh, his mom Mike's tweets and be like, why don't you love me like this? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Valverde and Walker Kelly. All right. Did you guys either start Dalvin Cook or go up against Dalvin Cook last night? No. I know I know that you started Dalvin Cook, Jeff, because in the, in the, my brother who um, lives in Florida sent me a text message like at 3 in the morning. And because you're playing, you're playing him in our league. And he's like, how do I beat this? Yeah. Not only did you start Dalvin Cook, but you started Najee Harris and you also started Ben Roethlisberger. I think you already have the game in the bank right now. I think I'm good there. Yeah. On on Yahoo in my home league, the same guy has uh, Justin Jefferson and uh, Dalvin Cook. And um, the, you know, has the projection bar. It was 96 to four. I have never seen that on 96 to four. On Thursday Thursday night. Night on thursday night before yeah wow That's it's absurd. just like you're done he's playing one of the worst teams in the league so it's like you know the guy like lot like his team's falling apart so he wasn't uh overwhelmingly in the game but it's just like jesus 96 to 4 like don't even check on sunday it's not worth it's not worth the effort yeah check check one time at like 4 30 just to make sure and then they're like okay i'm good yeah i'm good yeah let's see oh man i have yeah, I have 91 fantasy points after three guys played. Pretty good, I would say. So, uh, yeah, we are talking about last night's insane Thursday night football. But just so I don't forget, let's get the housekeeping out of the way, guys. Uh, this is uh, one of the three weekly podcasts from footballabsurdity.com. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, you know, you can pay five bucks down at the bodega. They'll give you a thumb drive with our podcast on it. It's a nice deal we have. Uh, if you want to check out the third episode every week, it is actually the first episode every week, which is on our Patreon. Mike and I review all of the week's games. That's on patreon.com slash football absurdity. The other podcast you'll find, well, you can one, look in your feed or two, uh, know that this is our weekly preview. And then Mike and I do the review on Patreon and then Walker and I talk about his weekly ranks, which you can find up on football absurdity.com. Um, there's a button at the top that says weekly ranks Walker and I have discussed an update because there were too many stupid things happening on Tuesday and Wednesday Walker now does his first run through of ranks on Wednesday. So it's more uh, actionable because too many stupid things were happening. Uh, you can join the discussion at uh, tiny.cc slash FB absurdity. That'll take you to our discord. Um, we also have a twitch twitch.tv slash football absurdity, which has a Thursday night farce ball sidecast. DFS for cheapskates, which they came up with three lineups last week and all three cashed. So that was pretty cool. And then um, we also do a start or sit show on Sunday morning, starting at 830 Pacific. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter websites. FBall Absurdity. Mike is RFL Red Zone. Walker is Big Daddy Drix with an X. And I am Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Now, with that all out of the way, did you guys turn off the game last night or did you sit through the whole thing? I watched it all. 
Yeah, I watched it all too. Uh, Deontay Johnson's in my home league, so um, I was definitely intrigued. So those two touchdowns were definitely very killer for you. Oh my goodness! Uh, the second one, I, I it was the yeah, second one was, was a stretch for sure. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's like ah oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. When he, um, I mean, I, I was like, I, I saw him like, there it is, and then he, he ends up not catching it, and but it does relieve a little of the like, you know, frustration because it's just like, eh, okay. The first one though, oh my goodness. Well, yeah. I think, I think you saw my tweet, uh, Jeff. Um, it's just like, he, he, just very fundamentally wrong, um, and that's what caused him to drop the ball. So. Yeah, that was a great tweet. Uh, the one you sent okay. out today. Yeah. Mike went like frame by frame explaining like why Deontay Dropson dropped the ball. Um, I meant to say Deontay Johnson, not Deontay Dropson. <laughs> why Deontay Johnson dropped the ball and it's because he like separated his thumbs. So it kind of gave the ball a path to go through instead of into his into his hand. So it was a, it was a cool breakdown. And um, yeah, you can find that at RFL Red Zone. You can uh, check that out. That was a good. That was a good breakdown. So, um, let me let me double check uh, what injuries were in this one. Uh, T.J. Watt left with a groin injury. Uh, Alex Highsmith left with a knee injury that's not thought to be serious. Uh, for the Vikings, we had the whole Dalvin Cook isn't going to play, and then Dalvin Cook is going to play. And uh, my buddy in my home league had Alexander Madison, and he was like, "Do I start him?" I was like, "It's going to be risky." Like I was. I was kind of being like, you probably shouldn't, but I was also hedging enough to so that if you went off, I'd be like, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it was a complete uh, Dalvin Cook show. Six, uh, six carries for 27 yards for Madison. So it was completely Dalvin Cook. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot to talk about this. Like Justin Jefferson went off. Dalvin Cook went off. Alexander Madison went back to his backup role. I guess is Ben Roethlisberger... A sneaky start now? Uh, I mean, like, the defense is bad, so they a lot of times they have to throw. Um, I don't know. I mean, when he plays bad defenses, I think he's a start. And when he doesn't, he's not. I mean, he's he's just a streamer. Tennessee, Kansas City, and Cleveland in the fantasy playoffs the next three weeks. Yeah, like you could probably play him against Tennessee, but not against KC and probably not against Cleveland. Okay, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, he's had exactly one top 12 performance this entire season. Uh, but I, I do, I mean, if you're looking for a streamer option, I do like that Titans uh, matchup for sure. So he he definitely enters that conversation as a streamer. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to see what else there is here. Uh, Chase Claypool, 8 for 93 on nine targets and did literally nothing else. Nothing at all. Yeah. No, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Najee looked good. I mean, he he had a productive game, but he actually looked good on the field, which isn't always the case. Like, he he played very well. He had one of the more impressive two-yard gains I've seen in a while. Yeah. Where he's just getting obliterated in the backfield, and he goes, like, matrix mode and powers through to get a first down. So yeah, he actually looked good, even though he yeah he got was getting killed um in this game. Um, I let's just talk about it. This Chase Claypool thing, it's boneheaded. He's young. He's very talented. That's all I want to say about it. It was stupid. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about it that much. I mean, should he be celebrating a first down late in the game like that? No, but 
Is he a key it, reason yes. why he was th- why they were there in the first place? Yes, right. You don't get to that point without Claypool playing well in the second half. So yeah, no, I, I that's it. Yeah, Mike, would you like to say your piece about Chase Claypool? I think he's stupid. He's a idiotic <laughs> fool to like not know where he is on the field and what time it is on the field and what what down and distance and all that stuff. I mean, uh, my. He did know the down and distance. Yeah, he knew the down and distance because he he was was celebrating it. He knew it was first down. He was celebrating it. You know, no, I I don't know in any the technical football sense of of being mentally aware on the football field. If you ever want to take an example of not being aware, this is it. This is totally it. And it's just completely inexcusable. You have to have the offensive linemen going over to Claypool to take the ball away from him because he's too unaware that what the situation is. And then what does he do? He slams off into alignment. Come on, man. No way. No how. This was ridiculous. Here's my thoughts on it. Uh, you know the saying, if uh, you run into one jerk, then that guy was probably a jerk. If everybody you run into is a jerk, then you're probably the jerk. If you have one uh, wide receiver with brain problems, it's probably the wide receiver. If you've got two, it might be the wide receiver. If you have three, because, I mean, you've got A.B., you've got Juju, you've got Chase Claypool, who cannot, like, stay focused on the game, it might be on the coaching staff. So, I mean, Juju's, I mean, uh, Claypool's 23. You know, when I was 23, I was sitting in the middle of the road uh, for attention from girls. So not exactly uh, the smartest people out there. Um, so I, I don't think age has a factor in this. I really don't. I think it does if the if he has not had to think for himself and has not had to face repercussions for things. It's no, a, I, it's, I, it's I don't a, see it. It's you you got to know where you are on the football field. You you have to know. I mean, if you're not if you're not aware enough to know where you're on the football field, then there's more problems than just age. Okay. Um, what about when Kirk Cousins took a knee instead of spiking the football? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. You got to be mentally aware or, of what or you're or doing on the football Kirk Cousins field. lined up underneath the right guard. <laughs> I, I I so it's stupid, and I'm not saying it wasn't stupid, but I'm also saying people are saying you know it's an indictment on Chase Claypool. It's he mistakes happen he had a brain fart these things happen and um you know if if you don't have a brain fart in, in that situation well we didn't we, you know people didn't slam Kirk cousin so hard over lining up under guard and he shouldn't i would have slammed him too well we talked about it we thought it was funny so um anyways uh let's uh i want to get that out of the way kj osborne three for 83 and a touchdown nine targets mike you did not want to start kj osborne walker you did all right fight uh he was he wasn't very good um no he had one big catch yeah he caught one really long touchdown on a nice pass where he did make a good play on the ball um basically he committed undetectable opi and got himself open which is good receiver play um other than that he was completely invisible despite getting a bunch of targets so um yeah i mean i figured against a weak defense that he had a good chance to have a pretty decent game and that you should probably be playing him if you've got him. Um, I guess that was vindicated, but I don't have a whole lot of confidence moving forward if Thielen has to miss another game because he wasn't good. 
No, he just had one one play where it all broke down, and he's got Bears, Rams, and Packers the next few weeks. So, Ugh. not great. Um, so Pat Fryermuth scored a touchdown, could have had two and the game, but he didn't. Uh, we talked about Deontay Johnson. Ray Ray McLeod absolutely killed me in the prop bet. Uh, yeah. I had under, uh, I think it was 12 and a half yards. Uh, he ended up with six for 32. Here's my question for you guys. So Tyler Conklin, um, he was first on the team in tight end targets, but there was another guy that was just one target behind him. Is it oh, yeah. time to check out Chris Herndon, guys? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, that time sailed long yeah. ago. And with Chris Tyler Herndon Con- has never once been good at football in the NFL. No, we just wanted it to happen. Right. Like, I liked him as a prospect, too, but we get stuff wrong. You got to let it go. Yep. Yeah. Who is who is that tight end that everybody was like, oh, he's the next? It was like uh, Sudfeld? Kyle Pitts? No. He was like, he's the next Gronk, and it was years ago. That's Sudfeld is a uh, quarterback. Yeah, no, but it was a tight end because people are calling him Studfeld. Uh, I'm going to find out who this is. Uh, NFL. Studfeld. Yeah, yeah the only Studfeld ago. I know is, was a quarterback. He did literally nothing, but he was a tight end. Um, I'm going to find this while you guys are. I'm, I'm going to find this throughout this episode. That's what, that's what I'm going to be doing that gets me distracted and makes me go, uh, what are we talking about? Are you talking uh, about Izzo? No, it's not Izzo. That's not. That doesn't sound like Sudfeld. <laughs> I'll Mudfield. find him. Do you I, remember what Mudfield he nine. was on? No, I, I, I. He was on the Patriots. He was a tight end. Zach uh, Sudfeld found him. Oh. Zach Sudfeld, because everybody was like, he's the new Gronk. He's gonna be the. Oh no, he's gonna be the Aaron Hernandez to the Gronk. Yeah. So. Fun time. Yeah, I don't know Zach Sudfeld. I know I yes. knew uh, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, Zach. Sud- well, it's because Zach Sudfeld probably has like five career catches. Woo. Like, like in the preseason, everybody's like, "Oh, he's gonna be so." Although, although to be fair, Nate Sudfeld zero career catches. Walker, yeah. that's objectively correct. Uh, Sudfeld has ten career catches. Hell yeah. And he also played for the Jets too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. He. Went to the Jets halfway through the year. So, all right, that's enough of remember a guy from Santa Cruz, California. Um, what is this, the distraction podcast from Defector? Yeah, that's right. He uh, does look like he's from Santa Cruz. What else do you guys want to talk about in this one? Uh, I don't think there is anything, really. All right, let's get into Sunday then. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. First game up is a game that really should not be buried at like 10 a.m., but for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers versus the uh, Chicago Bears is more enticing than Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore is eight and four, Cleveland six and six, 42 point over under. Cleveland, two and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one, um, none that I see for the Ravens, nothing new there. For the Browns, Anthony Schwartz is out with a concussion, Harrison Bryan is out with an ankle injury. Uh, Jarvis Landry returned to practice on Thursday. That's pretty much it from anybody who would matter. Oh, David Njoku on the COVID list. So Austin Hooper, I guess. Come on. Yeah, Yeah, Harrison Bryant's out too. So it's going to be only Austin Hooper at tight end. Yeah. So this is going to be like Austin Hooper and Jarvis Landry sharing like 22 targets. And, and, uh, and, um, Baker Mayfield throws like 24 passes. So, um, Mike, uh, what did you want to talk about to to preview this one? 
So my question is, can Lamar Jackson slash Ravens offense figure out this cover zero that's just absolutely given this team fits over the last, what, three three games, four games? Uh, are they going to protect better? No? Then no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem. <laughs> the offensive line is not good right now. Um, you know, ever, no, nobody really believes you know even people who like Lamar a lot like I do like I'm not going to sit here and say like he's like an incredibly polished pocket passer that's not what makes him great he's not he's not an incredibly cerebral quarterback who will pick you apart before the play even starts no no yeah (laughs) he makes incredible plays after the ball is snapped and he's probably the best improviser in the NFL there's no reason why they shouldn't be constantly moving the pocket getting him out getting him running but they're not doing that uh Roman has kind of regressed into like just calling a bunch of like Joe Flacco type stuff and it's not working. Um, Also, they've decided that they're just going to like save Rashad Bateman for a later date, which doesn't make sense because he's at worst their second best receiver. Um, Sammy Watkins is bad. Devin DuVernay is tiny. So um, what is this Proche erasure? James Proche. Proche. He's also small. Miles Boykin, disrespect. Miles, yeah, but Miles Boykin just sucks. Yeah, Miles uh, Badkin, folks. Oof. Miles, Guy that uh, looks like a tight end that plays wide receiver. They can't do uh, either. Miles will never be a mankin. Oh, folks. <laughs> He's Miles just will a punkin. always be a boykin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the Jeff Crisco name, Twitter name. Miles, quote, will never be a, or will always be a, quote, unquote, boykin. Um, yeah, so, uh, I don't have super high hopes. Um, Lamar probably will be able to run on this defense. And so I wouldn't expect him to have like a horrible day in terms of fantasy production, but I wouldn't expect him to have a particularly, you know, productive day passing the ball either. Um, I mean, the over under is 42 for a reason. Yeah. Not a, not a particularly enticing over under. So, uh, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this Lamar Jackson thing. But, but first, I want to ask Walker. So you checked out Lamar Jackson at UCB East? You checked out his Heralds team? You said he's the best improviser in the NFL. Mm. Yeah, great joke, Jeff. All right. Yes, Mike, and. Yes, and. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Thanks for leaving me hanging. You're supposed to yes and me. <laughs> Look, I never took improv. I took drama. This guy, lo- this guy loves drama. Just call me DJ Drama. <laughs> All right, Mike, what are your thoughts on this Lamar Jackson situation? So there's there's this great video uh, with Kurt Warner, and he sort of um, dissects this situation. And it, it's it's pretty much exactly all, all three phases. It's the fact that, like Walker mentioned, there's times when they're not blocking well. There's times when the play call isn't the best play call for the situations. And there's times when it's Lamar Jackson. Uh, so it's really an, a three-headed problem that they they need to figure out. So uh, it's it's one of those things where you're worried because now you're four weeks in um, since I think Miami or three weeks in since Miami's game where they really demonstrated a lot of the cover zero and to go you know as many games as they have without fig- coming close to really figuring this thing out it's really hampering a Lamar Jackson season that hasn't per game basis been all that great to to start with. So uh, 
hopefully the Cleveland um, they go to Cleveland and it's fixed because if it's not, then you're basically turning Lamar Jackson into a pocket passer, as Walker said, and nobody wants to see Lamar really Jackson be a pocket passer. Uh, I don't want to see it just because of his fundamentals and his quarterback and traits until he gets better. I'm not saying that's what he's going to be, but I want to see Lamar Jackson toast run linebackers and and defensive linemen um, and run 80 yards. I mean, it's very exciting to see. So Mm -hmm. it's good for football. And I I would hate to see that this cover zero situation is his downfall. Yeah, I'm 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 really hoping that it, it doesn't, you know, become his downfall but you know we were talking earlier this season about how like cover two was Patrick Mahomes's downfall and and I doubt things this simple are going to be the downfalls of of you know up and coming players <laughs> you know something something this simple but you know it it's it's this is the NFL there's punches and there's counter punches so the league has counter punched Lamar Jackson let's see how he counter punches back and so exactly yeah so um question for you guys uh over so over the last five games uh, I hate to say the name, but Devonta Freeman averaging three and a half catches, 14 carries per game, uh, going for about 75 yards per contest. Is he a guy that we're trying to start this weekend? Oh, you're starting him every week right now. Okay. I mean, he's not a super high upside guy because he's old and not very explosive. And his role is very stable. Like he gets what he gets. Um I mean, based on those averages, he's averaging 75 yards a contest, three and a half catches. So that's 11 points if he scores at 17. Um, he's usually not going to get more than one touchdown. Baltimore's offense isn't that good. And a lot of times in the red zone, they'll go to uh, Andrews or Lamar will run it in himself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be somewhere in that 11 to 17 range. So he's a, he's an RB2 every week right now. Okay, cool. Mike, it sounded like you agreed. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think anywhere between like uh, Walker's correct. Um, you're going to start him whether it's RB two or flex. He's he's a great flex option if you have two outstanding running backs. You, you put him in your flex. So either way, he's in that starting lineup for you. Okay, sounds good. So Mike, let's talk about your win, lose, or draw from this game. Absolutely. And my win, lose, or draw, I have Lamar Jackson. Kareem Hunt and Devontae Freeman. All right. Mm. I think I'm going to, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go draw for Freeman just because that he just has this very narrow band of production, like Walker was Mm. talking about. And um, that that's what he is. And then I will go win Lamar Jackson and I'll, because I'm sorry, I'll go win Kareem Hunt just because I think that it's going to be a very rough day for Lamar Jackson uh, for all the reasons we talked about with the cover zero it's uh, and the protection problems and all that stuff. So uh, I guess uh, Hunt is the winner by default, which means two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt as the loss, actually. Um, I just... Off the injury, he doesn't look the same. Um, I know he's had a, a bye week to get better, but I just don't know what the role is going to be here, um, so I can't trust it. I'll go with Lamar as a draw. Um, I don't, like I said, I, th- I think his rushing production will get him to an okay game, and I'm going to give Freeman the win. I think this will be at the higher end of his production range. Okay, 
Sounds good. And uh, let's see. Are we starting any wide receiver not named Marquise Brown in this game? Yeah, you can play Jarvis in the flex or wide receiver three. Mike? I I mean, I I think Jarvis Landry is a fine flex option, but I just don't trust it. But the good news is, is we like we talked about, there's players missing. So Baker Mayfield has to go to somebody. And with the Ravens being the 21st worst passing defense against wide receivers, I kind of like Jarvis Landry in a flex this week. All right. Sounds good. And then um, we talked a little Austin Hooper um, and we're starting all the running backs. It sounds like in this one, Hunt Chubb and Freeman. Um and that's it. No Baker Mayfield. Never Baker Mayfield. That's Never right. ba- The dude hasn't even hit a top 12 mark yet. He's bad. <laughs> he's he's never grown on, at, at all as a as a player. Like he's still the same guy he was when he trotted out on the field against the Jets that one game. Like he's the exact same player. He's never grown. And, and Jeff would know because he's cosplaying as Baker Mayfield right now. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I need a haircut. I was really hoping you guys would not. T- I'm wearing a head. I'm wearing a like sports headband thing. Okay. <laughs> I need a haircut desperately. And I have Even to, Zach I, Wilson's has had a top 12 week. He had his first leave, this week. leaving the seat up. Oh, Kate's not going to like that. <laughs> you guys want to know my, uh, my alarm code. Six, six, <laughs> <laughs> just six. <laughs> All right, uh, enough uh, Baker Mayfield uh, commercial jokes. Um, I was really hoping you guys would not say anything about the headbands, but here we are. I couldn't, I couldn't resist when, <laughs> when we started talking about Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield. That's <laughs> uh, all right, um, my wife hates it, so I tell her I got roasted on the podcast for it. Um, next game, Jacksonville. Oh, wow. Well, win- we didn't pick it. Winners. Pick winners. I am picking Baltimore. I'll go with Cleveland. Oh, I take it back. I forgot. Marlon Humphrey is gone, so I am also taking Cleveland. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Cleveland, too. I think Cleveland is. Yeah, um, yeah even with Baker Mayfield. I, it's, they're just going to give the ball to Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt all game long. So, all right. Now, Jacksonville and Tennessee. Uh, 43 did you want me point. to do Did you want me to do the weekly rundown? Oh, or uh, oh, let's save it for the end. Okay. Just because putting it after the first game is going to get weird. All right. I put it at the end of the notes. Production meeting on air. All right. Uh, next game, Jacksonville 2-10. and 10, Tennessee 8-4. and 43.5 point over under. Tennessee 8.5 point favorites. Two. Uh, oh, my God. These aren't two of the three lowest scoring games this week. Ugh, no, bunch there's of, a bunch. Yeah, a bunch of hideous games this week. And this Another is a week full of just low scoring. What is going on in the NFL? It's so weird. A lot of injured, bad, and COVID players is what's happening. Um, Yeah, yeah, Tennessee, eight and a half point favorites in this one. Um, The Jags, James Robinson was held out of practice because of a load management plan. He's got knee and heel issues. Um, Let me refresh this, see if we've got any more information on him. Uh, I have a load management plan, too. Folks. Gross. (laughs) Folks. That's nasty. All right. that's the only injury listed for the Jags for the Titans. Julio oh, Jones. Robinson is uh he's he he has no injury designation. Oh, perfect. Okay, I I updated Roto World and uh, did not see it, so no injury designation. So he's good to go for Sunday. So for all you Carlos Hyde pickup in players, uh, you can put him back on the waiver wire. Get him out of here. Yeah. Yep. 
Not useful. Not useful. All right. And then uh, for the Titans, uh, Julio Jones practiced in full on Friday. He doesn't have an official injury designation because he's still on IR, um, but he's been practicing in full all week and he's likely to come back. Zach Cunningham is now a Titan, which is a very Texans thing to have happen. Um, Jeremy McNichols will be back from his concussion. Uh, Jordan Wilkins is on their practice squad. Good God. Uh, I don't know which which running back situation is worse, the Titans or the Seahawks? Um, yes. <laughs> both. Exactly. Um, so that's it. So Walker, what do you, speaking of running back situations, what would you like to talk about? Yeah. I was uh, wondering what your guys' opinion on uh, Foreman versus Hilliard is. You want to take this one, Mike? I think in PPR, you're going to want to go Hilliard full point PPR, half point PPR. PPR standard, Foreman is your guy. I'm going to go Foreman and nowhere else because with Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols coming back, it's going to be a mess for mm-hmm. um, Dontrell Hilliard. But I have a league where I have Deonta Foreman and I'm not starting him unless Tony Pollard is inactive. So I'm probably starting him, but I'm waiting till the last minute. Um, and even then I have Godwin. Iguabuike. I cannot say his name. Iguabuike. 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 No. Iguabuike. 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 Okay. Iguabuike. Got it. Or or buke. I I'm honestly not sure on the last syllable because yeah. some players of Nigerian descent descent have it as the e and some have it as the a. Um, but I usually say yeah. I I I vacillate between it's, it's gotta uh, be like k right because like Iguibuki or in Iguibuki. i don't know yeah, which one it is but probably Iguibuki. anyways but um <laughs> okarike is oh yeah in, he's he's okay uh, okay yeah right yeah, that's that's the traditional pronunciation okay but uh anyways, anyways what i'm yeah. saying is uh even even if you pick one of these guys probably not like someone you want to lean into it's like a i've fallen backwards into this like say for example you have deandre swift and jamal williams and now you have no running back too you could go get like uh, i I would play deontay foreman over godwin iguibuke yeah exactly and Um, i would play him over hilliard as well in any situation i would too um just because i do agree with jeff i think mcnichols coming back well i don't expect him to reclaim his role immediately um he will get a little bit of work here and that'll cut into Hilliard, not Foreman. So I would expect Foreman to probably run for close to a hundred yards in this game. Um, he's, he's a, you know, he's not going to catch any passes and he might not get in the end zone, but he's not going to kill you in your flex. Um, Hilliard might not get enough work to, uh, to fill that role. Uh, I, I would recommend against him in most scenarios, um, which is honestly probably what I would say to just about anybody in this game. That's what I'm wondering is, um, is there anybody that we, I guess James Robinson, but other yeah. than that, I mean, I don't expect a big game from Robinson, but he gets so much volume that you can't not play him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Titans are third against the run, but I think a lot of that has to do with because they're so bad against the pass that teams pass a lot more. Yeah, it's the Jets corollary from earlier in the year, but in reverse. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, 
Julio in his first week back, you can't be excited about that. Nope. The Titans are terrible against the pass, but the Jags don't have really any dangerous weapons against the pass. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, baby. Heck yeah. Honestly, if there's a, if there's any of the receivers that you're going to play, Treadwell's the best one right now because he works over the middle and Lawrence likes to throw there. Um, but, yeah, uh, Julio and Treadwell are dart throws. Um, Foreman's a flex. Hilliard's a dart throw. Robinson's an RB2. And then Tannehill and Lawrence are both very speculative plays, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. They're both good matchups, but I have no faith that they're going to take advantage of it. No, I mean, this, what's the over under 43 and a half? Like, I yeah. would probably guess under. Yeah, I would definitely take the under because it's going to be a game where it's just going to be uh, Foreman and Robinson just running the ball back and forth. It's yeah, like I, I run, run, like, run, punt, run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt. One of those games. Yeah, I would guess like Titans 23, Jags 14. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, is there anything you disagree with about uh, who should be started, which is James Robinson, Ifily, and maybe Foreman if you're desperate? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you're you're not starting Foreman if if for normal situations, Foreman yeah. more cases. Um, but if if you're in that situation, Foreman doesn't offer uh, a bad option to most mm-hmm. people if you're struck down with one or two quarterbacks or running backs. Um, so I agree with Lawrence. That guy just can't get in the ball in the end zone. Davis Mills uh, has right now has two less touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence does. That's how bad Trevor Lawrence has been in trying to get that ball in the end zone. I, I do have a little bit more faith with Ryan Tannehill just because his, his Jaguars defense is just so bad against the pass. But Again, we're I think you guys nailed it with just a lot of running. So maybe 220 yards from Tannehill. I think he'll get in at least one or two touchdowns. But you're looking, you know, QB 14, 15 kind of performance, maybe a little higher. Um, but as a streaming quarterback, there's worse options out there. For a second, it seemed like you were saying that Tannehill was going to run for 200 yards. I was like, wait, Mike, what? That would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to see Tannehill run. That would be that would be really funny. If that that would be especially the way that he runs. It's just kind of like chugging. Like, he, like he's he, fast, but he like doesn't look like he's fast. Yeah, exactly. He looks very funny um, when he runs. He's not a he's not exactly a gazelle, uh, graceful running out there. Um, I mean, yeah, let's do the win, loser, draw. I guess Walker. They all lose. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, win, loser, draw for me is uh, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, Ryan Tannehill. Mike, you want to take the first crack at this one? Um, I'm going to go uh, draw Trevor Lawrence because you can't really – I mean, yeah, that's just what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Robinson with the win and the loss will go to – no, the win will go to – yeah, the win will go to Tannehill. The loss will go to Robinson. I yeah, I have kind of the same way. It's going to be mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 100 and – nah, he'll have – 234 passing yards, uh, one touchdown, 20 rushing yards, one pick, one pick. Yeah. And so that's that's what Trevor Lawrence is this year. So he's the draw. Um, I'll go Robinson the win because he'll he'll get. A touchdown, maybe two. And Tannehill is the loss because I'm sick and tired of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Mike. Uh, I'll give Tannehill the win just because I mean he's been a low end QB two this year, and I 
think this is probably a high-end QB2 type week for him. Robinson, I expect to be like a low-end RB2 this week, which is he's been a high-end RB2 to low-end RB1. And Lawrence will be normal Lawrence for fantasy purposes. And I'm picking the Titans to win. I am also picking the Titans to win. Yes, me too. Titans. All right, 10, 10, 10. All right, we got our our, uh, picks is looking like a 30 over here. Mm, Jesus Christ, Jeff. Three tens. <laughs> God. Vegas oh, is God. six and six, and they travel to Kansas City, who is eight and four. It's a forty-eight point over/under. KC nine and a half point favorite. No notable injuries for the Chiefs. For the Raiders, Darren Waller with his knee and his back. Um, he's got owies in them, so he will be out for Week 14. Um, and Jalen Richard is still on the shelf with COVID-19 issues and that is it for the Raiders so Mike what do you want to talk about so Patrick Mahomes hasn't been good outside of what two weeks ago when he played the Raiders and he threw for five touchdowns my question is is the is the only team that he's going to play well against is the Raiders or should we just move him to flex category or streaming category all right so to answer that question let's look at his schedule from here on out. So he's got Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, and Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm not going to advocate to sit Mahomes because he probably don't even have that option. I wouldn't expect him to do that well against the Chargers. Um, he nope. should he should have a good game against the Steelers. Um, and I would expect him to have a pretty good game against the Bengals, too. Um, their schedule is not tough coming up other than that Chargers game. So... I'll say to Mike's question, I'll say, uh, I guess no. Um, but I do think he's going to play very well this week. I mean, I think he's lit up the Raiders like every single time he's played them in his career. So yeah, it's yeah. just a horrible matchup for Vegas. Um, I have Mahomes as QB one overall this week. He's probably going to have a big time week. Yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me ask you this. Um, so you make a good point with the Steelers and the Bengals defensive-wise. If Patrick Mahomes is what he's been the last, whatever, five weeks, do, does that change for you? Or you still go ahead and have confidence with him against the Bengals and no, Steelers? I, yeah, I'm going to play him in those situations. I mean, like, like Kirk Cousins played really bad last night, and he still had a serviceable enough fantasy day. So that's what Pittsburgh's defense will give you. Um it, I, Mahomes is even even bad. Mahomes is better than Cousins. So yeah. yeah. And if I'm, and if I can think of a team that could do the KJ Osborne play twice, it would be Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's just gonna huck the ball downfield because there's just not the speed at the back end to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harrison Smith not exactly a, a speedster back there. And, yeah. Um. So all right. Uh. Let me see here. We're talking about uh, I. I don't know what to make of Peyton Manning. Like Peyton Manning. Peyton I'll tell you what to make of Peyton Manning. This man, this man put PM in the thing, and all I can think <laughs> of is Pat, Peyton Manning. Let me let me tell you guys, I don't think Peyton Manning scores any fantasy. That was a quick this switch. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Got him. Yeah, Mike puts initials in the show doc, and I usually fix them so I don't do things like call Patrick Mahomes Peyton Manning. Um. <laughs> I, uh. I mean, I, I I think he will play well this weekend, and I think he will be serviceable down the stretch. 
Um, but if he has like one more bad game, you're out for the year. But at the same time, it's like not necessarily though. I mean, he, he is your quarter in a one quarterback league. Like I don't think that I don't think you're going to be in a scenario where Patrick Mahomes is either going to win or lose you your fantasy championship. Well, I'm thinking depends on point scoring, like six point leagues. Sure, I mean he could win you a title in a six point league with good performances this week and then against the Steelers and Bengals. But yeah, I mean I. I just don't think he's going to be that consequential. Like, yeah, he's been disappointing based on where you drafted him. But, like, I mean, I would typically suggest that people who draft Patrick Mahomes usually don't make the fantasy playoffs because he goes in the second round every year and you shouldn't take a quarterback there. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That That was going to be my pushback to your statement that uh, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you've invested heavily in him. So he's like a centerpiece of your roster. So he if he has another game like against Dallas where you had eight and a half fantasy points, you're toast because you don't have another player to make that up. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But in that situation, you don't have a choice. So I just don't think it's like, there's no discussion of, do you bench Patrick Mahomes? Cause if you have him, you can't. It's I like mean, Kyle Pitts. Right. It's say, like you made such an investment that you just there based on how your roster construction is, there isn't really that option. So. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah, so I don't I don't think it matters uh, if he's good or not because he is who you're gonna have to start. Um, right. On the uh, right. on the Raiders side, just to mention the players that aren't in the uh, in the win lose draw, um, we we're playing Hunter Renfro, I assume. Oh, absolutely. I would say uh, I'll ask you guys: Is he a must start in PPR leagues for the rest of the year? Yes. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, yeah, I am doing sure. that in my home league. Because so. as as discussed, I can't believe that I was able to trade Brandon Cooks for both Hunter Renfro and Devontae Freeman. <laughs> All right. Um, don't don't Mike, know how I managed to do that, but I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, the last uh, four or five weeks, he's had three top 12 performances Jeez. and a one top 20 performances. So you're definitely starting him. Hey, he's a stud, and he gets even more work when Waller's out. So, yep. and this is a game where the Raiders are going to have to throw. Like I, Renfro is a top twenty play this week for sure. Yeah. Um. um what about Foster, Foster Moreau? Moreau? Yeah. Our boy. Uh, Our boy. I would say he's a he's a he's a good streamer, but like he'll be like borderline top twelve for me. I would say when I redo the rankings. He's a blob man. Yeah. He's a he's a he's blobby. Yeah, and that's sort of my point, too, with Darren Waller. Darren Waller hasn't been all that great. He hasn't been the Darren Waller of last year, for sure. And True. So, if that's the case, why would we think uh, Foster Moreau is going to be any better or, you know, the same? Sure. He's not. So, it, he makes a top 12 kind of tight end blobbish if things go right. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, you almost got kicked off the podcast because if you're going to say he's bad... Walker right. and I we're gonna we're gonna vote you off the island. Get out. Uh, you know we were trying to figure out what why what might be going on with Patrick Mahomes. I think I figured it out. His his brother sucks at TikTok dances. Got him. Maybe that's exactly it. But the cover staring right us at the face. Oh, Madden cover. Madden. Yeah, but he what took, about Brady? Brady. I was gonna say he took the hit for Brady. Oh, okay. And Brady, outside of last week, has been struggling, too. Still still the only man to ever completely break the Madden curse. Calvin Johnson. 
That's he right. Absolutely that, incredible that's he year was he was on the cover. You mean Peyton Hillis didn't break the Madden curse? Mm, that's sure like didn't. the funniest uh, Madden cover ever, I think. Yeah, because they did the they did the Sports Nation vote, and a bunch of people just ballot stuffed for Peyton Hillis. Yeah, it's like uh, um, Pitbull was selling those things that at the Walmart in uh, Alaska or wherever they sent him. Oh home. yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny that he went and just like did it though. Yeah, I mean, props up to Pitbull, but yeah, that Peyton Hillis cover was like the Bodie McBoatface of Madden. Yeah, who's so, this guy? Yeah, yeah, I would say one third of the people who bought Madden did not know who that was. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm going to tell my kids this was Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I'm going to tell my kids this was Mike Allstott. <laughs> Allstott right. is a great, great one for that. Well, yeah. Allstott had that massive neck roll, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes, back, yes, yes, yes. Back when football players looked like the Michelin Man. Or even All right, boys. Uh, Mike, let's talk your win, loser, draw on this one. They're all losers. Next game. Okay, cool. Move on. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you can't say that around Mike because Derek Carr's in there. Yes. Okay. What are you saying, man? He, he will. He will put him up. All right. Talk so about Pitbull. See. See. <laughs> <laughs> C.E.H., Derek Carr, and Josh Jacobs are the win-loser draw. I'm going to go Derek Carr is the draw, which is a top-five quarterback, the same thing he is every week. There you go, Mike. Got him. Got him. Beautiful. Uh, We we got him with the praise. (laughs) Win is Josh Jacobs because every other running back there is injured or has COVID. Or is Peyton Barber. Or is is bad at football. (laughs) Um, so I guess that leaves the loss for Clyde Edwards Alaire, who who knows what he will do in any given game. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. Uh I think Jacobs has a top ten week this week. Um he's gonna get huge volume. He's probably even gonna catch a few passes. So um Carr's the draw and yeah, Edwards Alaire with the loss. Since he came back, he's actually not been bad at all. Um yeah. he's been in that mid mid tier R B two range. Um, but I just think this is a game where it's I just I just don't think it's going to be that involved. The Raiders are – Mahomes is going to beat them. Edwards Alaire is not going to beat them. You know, it, it's going to be the passing game. So just don't think he'll be that involved. Um, All right. Mike, what are your thoughts on your own win, loser, draw? Yeah, I think I agree with both of you. And then just to highlight what Walker's saying, the last two weeks he's been um, top 24. He was top 20 in week 11 and then – um, 20 through 24 in week 13. Cool. Sounds good. So I am taking the, mm, the chiefs. Oh yeah. I'll, yeah. I would take chiefs to cover this. Like, I think, it, I don't think it's close. Me neither. I think it's going to be a blowout. All right. Sounds good. I will take the chiefs to win by some amount. Ha, there we go. All right. Next game. Another not great game. The jets and the saints, new Orleans, five and seven traveled to the jets who are three and nine. This is a 43 point over under new Orleans, five and a half point favorites. And I have to say there are four games left on this docket with an over under lower than this. So, wait, hold on. This has got to be a typo. There's no way Rams, Arizona is 41 and a half. I think that's probably 51 and a half. Yeah. I was looking at this. I'm like, wait a second. This doesn't make sense. Anyways, uh, while I figure that out, um, 
Let me do the intro. This is your game, Jeff. I know. Uh, Jeff Smith is on the COVID IR list. Uh, Tevin Coleman is out. Who can tell me what team Jeff Smith is on? The Jets. Yeah. The Jets. All right. Uh, That's where he was last year. Yep. Corey Davis is also gone for the year. He had gut surgery. He had, my man, my man had uh, sports hernia. Uh, Tevin Coleman has a concussion. He's out. Elijah Moore is questionable with a quad issue. He is looking like a true game time decision. Um, so good luck with that for the Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill has mallet finger, but he's going to play because he uh, capital W, capital I, capital M wants it more than uh, Russell Wilson, I guess. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a full go this week. Ty Montgomery is on the COVID list. Uh, Mark Wait, Ingram. Is... Yeah. Oh, well, crap. <laughs> Mark Ingram is on the COVID list. Uh, breaking news to Walker. Um, I did not know that Ty Montgomery was on the COVID list. I thought he was going to be like a uh, sneaky DFS play this week. Nope. Sneaky DFS play is going to be Tony not Jones. Not Tony Jones. <laughs> Get him out of here. God, that dude sucks. He's really bad. I remember, I, I forget what it was. Who was he playing up against? Was it the Bills when he got that spot start? And he just ran into the line yeah. and fell down every single play? And he's just like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, he had like one yard for the whole game. I, <laughs> it was absolutely unfathomable to me when, it, like, it was like just after week two of the preseason when the Saints basically like made it known, like, Tony Jones has taken this job from Latavius Murray. And I was like, uh, what now? Yeah, they like went out of their way to like like to say, hey, this Latavius Murray guy, he's trash. He's over the hill. He's washed. Get him out of here. And it was like, why? What? What is happening? Yeah, and Latavius Murray went to the Ravens and looked normal. And yeah. uh, Tony Jones is maybe the worst running back in the league. Like, imagine if after that, like Quez Watkins big game in the preseason, they like cut um, like. Devon, not Devon. Who would be their number two guy? Rager. Yeah, well, that would be a net gain if they cut Jalen Rager. But if they, they don't cut anybody like, else, yeah, they if cut they cut Dallas. like Dallas Goddard, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're like get, get out of here. Yeah, they, cut, they they cut Zach Ertz preseason, and they were yeah. like, Quez Watkins is going to be the number two option in this passing offense. They're just like, uh, sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So my question is: is so we got Kamara, we got Taysom. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Because nope. Elijah Moore's banged up. Then that means it's Jamison Crowder time, baby. He's back. Oh, Jamison Crowder. He's back he, in pog form. Yep. He's he's uh he's hanging around, just slinking around in the background. Um right, he gets he like gets six for sixty two. Yep, he gets six him? yeah, he gets at least six targets every week, even when Moore plays. If Moore's out, he's probably gonna get close to ten. He'll catch a lot of those. Um, you know. Does he score? Probably not. But when if you have even if you have six for sixty two, that is a good flex day. So yeah, I'm playing Jameson Crowder this week. Um, I am definitely not playing Austin Walter, and I'm trying not to try not to play Ty Johnson. Also, yeah, um, he's yeah, been horrible. Yeah, the, he's the, had the running two games are, now where he's had opportunity to do something and he's done nothing. Yeah, the running backs are going to be bad. Um, the Jets are bad. The You can't start any of the Saints receivers, especially since their best one is now suspended because of a DWI in the offseason. Yep. All right, guys, uh, let me ask you a flex question here. Ty oh, Johnson or Traquan Smith? Oh, I'll why? go Traquan. Why? Uh, Just be, because of exactly no, what no, I'm like asking what Jeff you said. why Harris he would ask there. me this question. Oh, uh, <laughs> 
Definitely not because uh, my flexes are my team has Jonathan Taylor, Kenny Gainwell, uh, Mike Asiki, and Emmanuel Sanders, who is we didn't mention this mourning the loss of his friend. Rest in peace to Marius Thomas. Yeah. So yeah, I need I need a flex and uh is, have, is Emmanuel sitting out then? Well, he missed practice today because of it, so I doubt he'll be in the right headspace to. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, yeah. So Ty Johnson uh, or Traquan Smith or you don't Noah have any Fant, other options or Noah Fant or Austin Hooper or Byron Pringle. Uh, I think I'd probably go Hooper. Hooper. Oh, here we go. LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, there it is. All right. I'm dropping Ty Johnson. I'm going Austin Hooper. Levi- right. Honestly, LaVisca is a fine play. I'm not I'm not going to crap on that one. That's not bad. All right. So now it's Hooper instead of Ty Johnson. Okay. Um, yeah, is there uh, Jamison Crowder, Kamara, Taysom? That's it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you, none of the receivers for the Saints are advisable plays. Traquan, if you're desperate, is the one guy that you could throw in there. Um, I, and on the Jets, yeah, don't play the running backs. Don't play Ryan Griffin. So let's don't, assume don't play Zach Wilson. Let's do this. If Elijah Moore is active. Uh, win, lose, or draw, Kamara Taysom, Elijah Moore. And then if Moore is not active, Kamara Taysom, Jamison Crowder. There we go. Well, let's just assume Crowder then. Okay. Since he's definitely going to play. Correct. Um, I'm going with... <sighs> well, I think i got to go with Kamara Win because he hasn't been great this season, and the Jets are incredibly bad against running backs. So I would imagine that this is a big game for Alvin. Um. I will, I will give Crowder a draw because that's what he is, and I'll give Taysom a loss. I will say that uh, the Jets do a better job corralling his running than the uh, whoever they played last week did. All right. Uh, I can't remember who they played last week. Dallas. Dallas. That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I'll I'll say that Taysom only runs for like sixty yards this game, and so he has like seventeen points. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go Crowder, the win. Uh, Saints are uh, Crowder, bad. FCW. They I'm are, the they are really bad against the pass. Um, so I think they're going to really try to get him involved. So Crowder with the win. Uh, Taysom with the draw and Kamara with the loss. I think, uh, you know, he hasn't been the what the album Kamara we've known. Thank you, Gracie. Um, so cool. yeah, she's, she's not agreeing with what I'm saying. Um, so he hasn't been good even with, with the injury or whatever. Um, but, uh, I think Taysom Hill is going to run a lot and that's going to kill Kamara's value. So Taysom, um, the draw doing his normal thing, which is going to force low yardage output from Kamara. Hopefully he can score a touchdown or two. Taysom Hill, is he a top five start this week? This yeah. Week, yeah. Top five, yeah. I think it's around there. Probably. Yeah, I mean, here, let me let me look where I've got him in my rankings. Okay. And is Kamara a top five start? I think yes. I think no. I think I mean if if they if Taysom Hill doesn't do what he normally does uh, or just less of what he normally does, then I, th- I have a lot more faith in Kamara, but with it, this Jets defense just gets burned by 
quick, fast runners. That's what Taysom Hill is. I, I th- he's going to take big chunks um, away from Alvin Kamara. But the good thing is they'll be further down the field. So Kamara, as I was saying, could get a touchdown or two. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I, I I just don't think Kamara is going to fit in that top 12. I think more 10, I mean, in the bottom part of the top 12, 10 to 12. Okay, and Walker, what was your uh, Taysom Hill rank? I had him at four. Four, so top five. That's All right. right. I am taking the Saints. Yep. Yeah, Saints, yeah, for sure. All right, so we have breaking news real quick before we get to the next game. Uh, when I said about 45 minutes ago, I hope my wife did not hear you guys uh, hear me talk about the headband where I said – my wife hates it. She texted me and said, I heard that. So breaking <laughs> news, she did hear it. Um, I just didn't see the text until now. So, all right, let's move on to the next game. Dallas and Washington. Dallas 8-4. and four. Washington football team is 6-6. Six and six, 48 point over under. Dallas four point favorites. Let's start with the Washington injuries because Dallas has so many permutations of things. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones has a hip issue, uh, but he practiced in full and has no injury designation. Walker and I talked about this on the... Um, uh, rankings podcast. Um, I didn't think he would be playing this week, so good for him. Curtis, oh God, stop me if you heard this before. Curtis Samuel is questionable with a groin issue. Um, JD McKissick is questionable with his concussion, um, but it looks like he's still in concussion protocol, so he's probably not going to play. Um, of course, um, Logan Thomas is out with the um, knee injury of who knows the severity. Originally, they, they it was still tears. Don't know yet. Well, it was originally tears. Now it's who knows. They're probably waiting for swelling to go down to double check. Um, Oh, but they placed him on uh, IR. So he's out for the year. So we're good to go there. Um, Even though we don't know the extent of the injury, but he is on IR. So he's done because he already went on IR. All right. So for Dallas, uh, Noah. Oh, Noah Brown went on IR. So we will no longer um, confuse him for CD lamb. That's right. Um, Amari Cooper is ready for a full workload, according to Mike McCarthy. We saw on Thursday night he was dealing with COVID stuff. Uh, no he, load management he, for Amari Cooper, unlike Mike. Yeah, Mike's <laughs> got load management. Um, and speaking of loads, uh, if we were talking, uh, the the original big load, uh, <laughs> Zeke Elliott, yeah, Zeke big load. Even though he's banged up, it's looking like he's gonna play. Um, he said he he feels good, but won't be 100 percent for a few more weeks. So he's going to play. And then we got Tony Pollard. Um, he has a plantar fascia tear, which I have not seen if it's a full or partial yet. Um, I heard from somebody say that it was a partial or I'm sorry, a full, but it was just another fantasy analyst. I haven't seen it from a from the um doctors there so tony pollard it is so i tore my plantar fascia it is kind of a pain management thing but it does kind of affect your overall speed and agility so it is something that even if he plays it's going to be a little bit of an issue but they're probably going to pump him up with uh cortisol if he does play so um this is a 10 a.m game and so we'll definitely know um if he's playing or not so uh walker what did you want to talk about with this one uh, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, we know that Dak has been not as good for fantasy lately because he hasn't been running, but this is an incredibly good matchup on paper. Um, will Dak be top five this week? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't yeah, think I, so. I, because... I tend to agree 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting so I'm putting Mahomes and Taysom Hill in there uh, just to start with. I think they're both going to finish top five. And then uh, Brady's probably going to end up in there. Josh Allen's probably going to end up in there. So those four out of your five. And then Kyler. Yeah, and you got Rodgers against Chicago, too. Oh, yeah, Rodgers is going to go off. So I don't think he's top five this week. And on top of that, like, the Washington defense has been kind of good. They got better. Yeah, that's yeah. what that that's what I wanted to set up. But um, is that Washington's defense has been playing better? It seems like their free agent signings are finally starting to coalesce into the defense. Um, William Jackson's been playing better. He was a sieve um, early in the season. Um, their interior D line's been great. Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis have both been playing really, really well. Um, so, and their linebackers have been solid. Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb are good in the middle. Jamin. Jamin. So you mean yeah. uh, in Spanish he's Hamon Davis? Just Hamon. No, he's J A M I N. I know, but every time I hear it, I think of Hamon. Hamon Iberico. Uh, yeah. Um, I would agree. I, I just, I think Dak will be a QB one this week, but I don't think top five. Somewhere yeah. in that six to twelve range. Yeah, he'll be startable. He'll get you know two to three touchdowns and like three hundred total yards, and I don't see him collapsing. So I think, yeah, he'll be like top 12, but not top five. Yeah. What do you, uh, what's your thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah. I think it's always difficult regardless of who the quarterback is and the matchup to speculate. They're going to finish in the top five, but I, I think it'll be close Two of the last four games. He's been in the top five, as you guys mentioned, an excellent matchup. Um, I'm going to say just no, because it's just statistically difficult to do so, but I do believe he has a great chance in in um, entering as as that situation. Yeah, he has a chance of it, but I mean, we we ran down like six guys who have a better chance of it. So right, exactly. So I mean, regardless of who it is, it's always difficult to finish in that portion of, of yeah. quarterbacking. I, I would figure Dak's going to have right around twenty points. Yeah. So, so. he'll he'll be good. Um, and my fantasy team appreciates that because he is my quarterback in my home league. There you go. All right, win, loser, draw for this one, Walker. I'm going with Michael Gallup, Antonio Gibson, and Terry McLaurin. I will take this one first. Uh, and I ask you, what is a draw game for Michael Gallup? I have no idea. <laughs> so that's that's well, what I. What's a loss game for McLaurin? Yeah, I'm gonna go win for Michael Gallup because he is getting like ten, eight to ten targets per game. Uh, over the last few games since he came back from injury. Um, but he's only notched like 44 and 36 in two of those games. He had that blow up against the Raiders. But, you know, if you're getting that many targets, it's going to come through eventually. And um, I think back to back top 24. Yeah, I That's think. Right, he, yeah. I think he will uh, come through uh, for folks. Yeah, he had a touchdown last week. That's why he came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I'm just going to go lost because this man is all over the place. Um, just everywhere. And I'll go win for uh, Antonio Gibson because he's getting 27 touches per game. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I'm going to go Lost McLaurin, draw Gallup, and um, no, draw Gibson, win Gallup, Lost McLaurin. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Is Terry McLaurin still a must-start? Not every week. Um, This week, I would say you should start him, but yeah, not every week. No. Yeah, yeah, it's just really difficult for, um, well, what's his name, the quarterback in Fort Washington. Heineke. 
I think thank you to get that ball deep to McLaurin and he has no arm strength. He has no, yeah, very, very little arm strength. So yeah, I'll say McLaurin with the loss as well. Um, the Dallas defense is vulnerable deep and Washington isn't really able to attack that. Uh, Gibson I'll say is the draw. I don't think it'll be a super efficient day for him, but he's getting a ton of touches and he should continue to do that. So he'll be fine. And I like the matchup for Michael Gallup. I think that, Washington's defense has been better, but it's not that deep. Gallup should be able to take advantage of matchups against lesser players. Um, I like him to have another top 24 week. Cool. Sounds good. So what is the uh, the outcome for this one? I'm going to go Dallas. Yeah, I'm picking Dallas. I'm going to go Washington football team in this one. All right. So we're done with this game? Uh-huh. All right, cool. You guys let me get away with two wins, so thank you. I know. <laughs> no, I noticed, but I didn't. It wasn't important enough for me. To... <laughs> I re- after I was done, I was like, I did two wins in that one. Um, all right, let's go to Panthers and Atlanta. It's a forty-two and a half point over/under. Carolina two and a half point favorites. Both teams are five and seven. Carolina is the home team for the Panthers. Michael Jordan will not be playing this week. Uh, not that Michael Jordan, but he's not playing either. Uh, PJ Walker is quote definitely an option as a change of pace quarterback this week, but he said that la- a couple weeks ago too. A couple weeks ago, yep. yeah. And then well, they really made a promise after Cam Newton. Cam Newton just should not be the starter. I, I whatever. I mean, PJ Walker no is not be any starter. better. But yeah, it's like it's like oh so <laughs> okay let's go, uh, go PJ Walker. <laughs> we're, we're we're taking out Cam Newton and we're putting in smaller Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, is that PJ Walker has a lot more speed and running the ball, is which is the only thing that really Cam Newton has left. So I don't know. Um, maybe uh, Cam, Cam Newton still has being bigger than most players left in him as well. Yeah, I think I, honestly, I think that the only way they can really get any production of the offense right now would be to, I would use Walker as the uh, like between the twenties quarterback, and I would use Newton as the red zone. And short yes! quarterback. I want to see this chaos. Yeah, I want. To, I I would. Uh, I I would think that's the best. That's the best see, way. See, I, I would kind of Carolina. switch that a little bit because I would have Newton as the between the twenties guy because I know he's not going to throw an interception every other play, um, and at the goal line. But anywhere between like ten and fifteen, I want PJ Walker in there to to sort so, of. So so, P, so you want Matt Rule to make good on his change of face quarterback thing and give PJ Walker like nine plays. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is what I want. I want Cam Newton from the goal line to the 10. I want PJ Walker from the 11 to the 20. I want Cam Newton from the, <laughs> <to> the 30. <laughs> just alter, just for no reason. They're just yeah. in and out, in and out, in and out, all game. Yeah, Cam Newton runs past his line and then like juts back so that he's still on the field. Uh, all right, uh, back to injuries. Uh, CMC is on IR, but you already knew that. Um, that's all that's listed for the Panthers for injuries. For the Falcons, uh, Hayden Hurst was designated to return from IR, but it's not looking like he's going to play in this one. Um, that's the only update for the Falcons. So Mike has a very prescient question about this game. Yes, is and I had to write down the full name because I would just totally butcher it to make it like Cortland Patterson or Patterson Cordero or something. Well, while, while, while we were recording on, I think on Monday, Mike, Brian Scholar texted me and said, if Mike says Cortland Patterson one more time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've done that since the beginning of the season, and I don't know why. So I've learned my lesson. I better write out the full name or I'm in trouble. Uh, so is Cordell or Patterson the only worthy starter in this game? I will give you DJ Moore in a PPR is also a worthy starter. And yeah, he gets a lot of targets, and it's a good matchup. So, yeah, yeah but- I would say um, – I would say Cordero Patterson's the only worthy, like, no doubt about it starter. Yeah, he's um, the only must-start. Yes, that I would agree with. Uh, you can play Chuba, you can play DJ Moore, you can play Kyle Pitts with some level of confidence, not a big level of confidence, but, like, they're more than just dart throws. Um, they're kind of just on that fringe of, like, start slash sit. And then... Um, Carolina, did, you know, Matt Rule fired Joe Brady because he wouldn't run the ball 30 times a game. So they're probably going to run the ball 30 times a game. So Amir Abdullah is a decent dart throw um, against Atlanta. You know, Robbie Anderson's getting a lot of targets again. So that's a dart throw. And then Russell Gage, um, you kind of know what you're going to get from him. High floor, low ceiling. Yeah, Russell Gage is kind of come on the last few weeks but coming on is him turning into like a good christian kirk like Uh, just taking advantage of what the defense i would like to good christian kirk is christian kirk uh well he's he's good he's been he's been more consistent really i I mean okay never mind i guess when i i guess let me say this productive christian kirk because sometimes he just does not get targets at all yeah that's fine i mean uh, all i'm saying all i'm saying is christian kirk is a better football player than russell gage no, yeah, he is correct. But okay, cool. No, I Christian think Kirk, future Lions legend. Future <laughs> is going to sign with the Detroit Lions in the offseason. Uh, boy, who's going to be throwing the football? Probably Goff. Probably Goff. It's it's gonna here. Here's my vision for the Lions offense next year. Uh, everything's the same except for replace uh, Khalif Raymond with Christian Kirk and replace Josh Reynolds. Actually preferably bring back Josh Reynolds and have him be like the number four, but um, just draft Traylon Burks in the first round from Arkansas. There you go. All right. Isn't it uh, weird that like we have all this blob tight end situation going in fantasy. And then you look at the lines and their whole wide receiver crew is a blob except for the position of tight end. Yeah, yeah. that is funny. <laughs> Although not this week, but we'll get to that. Speaking of which, I was reminded of the world's funniest bet, which um, uh, my buddy got out from under because he got hurt. But in the preseason, he the bet was who will have more. I think it was more yards. T.J. Hawkinson or Irv Smith. And I was like, oh, my God, I was like, yes, I will take that bet. And Joe, I know you listen to this. So there you go. Although he is beating me in the world's saddest contest, which uh, was D.J. Moore versus uh, Allen Robinson. And I took Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's not gone well for anyone involved. Nope. nope. All right. Um, so we kind of talked. I was just gonna say, let's do win loser draw. Yeah, because... I was say, we kind of talked around this a little bit. So we got uh, Mike. You want to do your win loser draw? So win loser draw, we have Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Chuba with the win because the workload's gonna be good and it's a good matchup. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people on fantasy Twitter saying that they'd rather play Amir Abdullah. Um, By that, you mean Kev? No, it was Jacob Sanderson, uh, oh, okay. which I love Jacob, but I think that's a rough take. I mean, I don't know where the 
why why does everybody think Chuba Hubbard's bad? Like he's been fine. He's fine. I'm not saying he's great, but he's like average at football. It's the same thing as uh, James Conner. If you're not outstanding, you're bad. It's like no, he's fine. Yeah, but the, but I mean, people are touting Amir Abdullah, and like Kev was touting Royce Freeman earlier in the season. Like these get so it's like if we know a guy's bad, then that's better than a guy who might be bad but might be good somehow. That's exactly what it is. Is it's like I don't like Chuba Hubbard, but I have to like I it's I do not like Chuba Hubbard, but I have to like somebody. So I guess I'm liking Royce Freeman or Amir Abdullah. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I'm going with Hubbard for the win. He's def. I think he's a easily a playable RB two. Yeah. Uh, I will go with the draw, Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think this is going to be a terrible game for him, but I don't think it's going to be productive, and nobody's going to be playing him against Carolina anyway. Uh, and then I'll go with Newton for the loss. This is a good matchup on paper, and I think a lot of people are going to stream in because of the matchup. Um, I don't think this is a top 12 week for Newton. Like, will he be awful? Probably not, but... I mean, I would expect AJ. I think AJ Terrell is going to pick him off, and I just don't see him putting up big time production. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton. I have him on a bunch of rosters, and I'm not sure if I can trust it yet. So mm-hmm. we'll see how how that goes. Yeah, because I'm not um, particularly. Um, I don't feel particularly strong about it. So um, for me, the win, loser, draw. I will say uh, Chuba Hubbard as the win. Same as you, Walker. Chuba Hubbard as the win. Ryan as the draw. Newton as the loss. Because I mean, Matt Ryan's going to get like 200 yards and a touchdown, which is every Matt Ryan game. Uh, Cam Newton will probably do something stupid at some point. Uh, the only question is if he'll get like a rushing touchdown to uh, offset it. And then I think yeah, Chuba Hubbard. We'll have a lot of touches. Mike, what do you think about your own win, loser, draw? For my own, I think I, I like Matt Ryan to get the draw, Chuba Hubbard the win, and Cam Newton the loss. All right, sounds good. I will say that the the Panther. No, I'm sorry, the Falcons pull this one off. I agree. Going with Atlanta. I'm going with Atlanta as well. Wow. Clean sweep, boys. Um, all right. So let's go on to the next game. Uh, two bad teams. Could you imagine losing to either one of these teams? Seattle and Houston. Not my favorite team. Um, Seattle is four and eight. Houston is two and ten. Forty one and a half point over under Seattle. Seven and a half point favorite. So this is the lowest over under of the week and a more than a touchdown spread. Um, my question is, is can the Seahawks offense take advantage of this matchup? And I don't mean it in a good way or in a like, hey, I feel good about the Seahawks. I mean, literally, are they going to be capable of taking advantage of this bad of this of this matchup? Because we've got uh, DK Metcalf, who's been banged up all week, but has no injury designation. Adrian Peterson is out. Alex Collins is dealing with an abdomen issue, but he's not listed on the injury report. Travis Homer is out. Um, Russell Wilson still dealing with the finger thing. Um, for the Texans, the only noted injury is um, Nico Collins had a thigh issue, but has no injury designation. Neither does Brandon, David Johnson. I'm sorry? David Johnson doesn't have an injury designation either. He was questionable earlier in the week. He's, he's going to play. Thank you. I started to choke, and Walker came in with the with the assist because I needed to take a sip of water. Um, get it. And Davis Mills is now the starting quarterback. Um, yes. So, so, again, my question um, – 
is the C is the Seahawks offense capable of taking advantage of this matchup? Um, I think the passing offense is. I don't think the the running offense is. Um, I mean, if I was gonna play any of these running backs, I'd go with Penny because he's the most explosive. But I wouldn't recommend any of them. I would stay completely away. Um, but I think the passing offense will be all right. Wilson put up decent stats last week against a not good but better than Houston defense in San Francisco. So I think that this should be a, a like a, a nice wide receiver two game for both Metcalf and Lockett. Um, and Wilson, I would say, is like a backhand QB1. Um, but yeah, I, it's not going to be like a massive game, and I don't uh, I don't expect them to be running the ball much. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Mike, what do you think about this Seahawks offense versus this uh, Texans defense? The extremely movable object versus the uh, very stoppable force. Yeah, uh, Houston offense is, I mean, defense is horrible. Um, the Colts <laughs> last week uh, just pretty much just did whatever they want, whenever they wanted, uh, all game long. Um, Seattle, of course, is not as fluid as the Colts offense, but you drop a couple tiers. They don't really have a good running game. And I still don't think it's going to matter. Uh, I think that Seahawks should take advantage of this one way or the other, whether it's Tyler Lockett for a huge bust out game or it's DK Metcalf. Uh, Russell Wilson's getting better uh, each week. He looked almost there last week. So I absolutely do think that Seattle takes advantage of this. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, Russell Wilson's whole finger thing, um, just me doing a cursory Google search tells me it takes eight weeks to recover from. So I think he just came back too fast. And I think that was one of the big problems was, and you could see it like in the green gate, green Bay game, especially he, um, was just, the ball was just all over the place. There was no accuracy, almost like the man could not direct the ball properly with his yeah finger. imagine that with a bad finger yeah imagine that with his finger looking weird like it did with his ryan mallet finger um so what i want to know is uh, we'll talk about the only guy we're talking about on the houston side with the win loser draw brandon cooks dk metcalf and tyler lockett the wide receivers in this in this game mm. i will go with man that's tough I'm going to go with DK for the win. Um, I think this will be a good a, a good game for him, and he's been rough lately, so he should outperform his last month or so. Um, I'll say Cooks with the draw. He should get a lot of targets from Mills. He'll I think he'll be fine. I think he'll kind of return to that, like, uh, that floor-type performance that he had early in the season of, like, six for 60. Um. And then I'll say it's a I'll say Lockett doesn't get in the end zone and it's not a Lockett game. Okay. Yep, I, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like straight across the board, DK hasn't done much in the last month or so. Um, it's his turn. Lockett, therefore, forcing Lockett, who's just completely boomer bust. Um, if it's DK, then it's not oh. going to be Lockett. Gracie, no. stop disputing with my with my yeah. takes here. The cat's um, like, no, it's a locking no. week. <laughs> She's probably um, right, too. Uh, <laughs> and then Cooks with the, as Walker said, the six for 60 kind of draw game. All right. So Cooks, DK, Lockett, Russ. Are we starting literally any other player in this game? 
Jeff's going to get really mad at me because I'm going to start opining about Texans fringe starters. Davis Mills, baby. Yeah. No, not that one. My, you, you've got that covered, Mike. You like him more than anyone else. Just I say it. Davis just Mills. just, just Dave, say it. Davis Mills' mom is calling Mike and being like, hey, how do I cheer for my son like you do? <laughs> Davis Mills is, is showing uh, his mom Mike's tweets and be like, why don't you love me like this? <laughs> Uh, we've we've created a sad head canon where Davis Mills isn't appreciated by his mom. <laughs> Davis this Mills. is all I'm gonna think about now. <laughs> Davis Mills thoroughly hated by his mother. Oh God! Uh, Kicked out of his room when he was 12. <laughs> come on, come on, Walker. Opine, do it. Talk yeah. about Revan. Uh, well, first I'm gonna mention the even more disgusting Rex Burkhead, uh, the the squatty bald white man running back. Uh, He's going to get the most work in the backfield. Seattle is bad against running backs. I think this is a game where Rex gets like 10.7 PPR fantasy points, and he's like RB29. So he is a perfectly fine flex option. Do not expect more or less. That's what he is. Uh, Um, Hold on, Walker. Can I make a counterpoint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expect less. All right, continue. Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, Brevin Jordan. Um, he was a little banged up in practice, but he fully participated, I believe, today, so he should be good to go. This is a, again, very good matchup against Seattle. Uh, they just got absolutely destroyed by, admittedly, a much better tight end in George Kittle. Um, Brevin is a solid player, and they don't have a lot of options. I would expect Mills to look over the middle of the field a lot. They were both drafted in the same round of this year, um, so they've been working together a lot since they were drafted. I think this is a nice, like, three for 40 and a touchdown type game for, for Jordan. I, I I think he's definitely a streaming option. All right, then. Uh, does anybody else have anything to add about this game? The, the only difference that I would do is I, I David Johnson made my flex article, so um, I have to just disagree with Walker. It's David Johnson. Don't do this to yourself, guys. <laughs> David, John- I, yeah, I'm predicting Rex for like what is 10.7. I'll give David Johnson 8.6. <laughs> I would just again like to point out the only backfield since week five, week five to not score multiple touchdowns against the Jets. And you guys are each one of you guys thinks there is somebody good in this backfield. No, I'm not saying good. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying flexible. flexible. Walker loves Rex Burkhead. I Flex love David Burkhead. Johnson. Flex Burkhead, baby. Flex Burkhead. Oh, man. Now he's good. definitely got to make my next article. Flex Burkhead, folks. All right. Um, Who wins and why is it Seattle? Uh, it's Seattle because Houston stinks. They're poop. Stinky. Russell Wilson probably could be like that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's playing every position in oh. – uh, well, I was gonna say the one where he's got a, where his finger is so big because he got hit with a mallet. The mallet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I kind of see Russell Wilson doing the same thing as Bugs Bunny. It doesn't matter how bad the running game is. You could have DK limping. You could have Lockett hurt, and I, Russell Wilson would do the Bugs Bunny all over this Houston team. So I'm gonna go Seattle. All right. So Russell Wilson will beat the Texans and then saw Florida off from the rest of America. You heard yes, it. Yes, exactly. That's right. Or Texas, for this matter. Yeah. Russell Wilson, American hero. That's right. All right. Next game, uh, 105 game, Detroit at Denver. Detroit won 
ten and one. Let's go. <laughs> Denver six and six. Uh, Forty-two point over under. Denver seven and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one. Uh, that was fast. Mike Boone is on the COVID IR. Um, Jeez, wasn't he just like picked up three weeks ago or something? He was. He was no, supposed. He's been on the team all season, but he's been. He was on IR and then. Yeah, and then he, he just came back. Minnesota earlier in the year. He was. That's where he was last year. That's where he was last year. Yeah, he uh, got signed in the off season. Because I remember I we had a discussion about uh not a somebody I had a discussion with somebody about how Mike Boone was there to take Royce Freeman's job, and they told me I was wrong. And now Royce Freeman uh does not have a job in Denver, but Mike Boone does. Funny how that works. Anyways, um, Melvin Gordon is questionable. Vic Fangio believes he will play. Uh, he missed last week. Javante Williams blew up. We'll talk about that in just one second. He did say he quote feels like he should be or like he'll be able to go on Sunday. Um, for the Lions, uh, DeAndre Swift is out. T.J. Hawkinson is doubtful. Uh, that's new. Uh, Jamal Williams is on COVID IR. Um, so it's Godwin time. And notice how I sidestepped saying his last name. Uh, the question for this one is Walker wants to know. About Javante Williams. Yeah, is Javante, quote, the guy, unquote, now? I think that this is going to get to be like a 60-40. I don't know if that qualifies him as being, quote, the guy, unquote, but I think that he is the lead back here because um, he earned it. We talked about, like, uh, you know, for somebody to take over, one guy needs to gain it and one guy needs to lose it, and I think that... Uh, last week's injury was enough for um, him to Javante Williams to gain it from uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I think sixty forty is what we brought up on the uh, on on the Wednesday podcast, and I I don't think that makes him the guy, um, but I do think he will be a bigger part of the backfield than Melvin Gordon by a slight margin. Uh, what about you, Mike? What what's your opinion here? Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, I was talking about this. I can't remember where, but um, 60-40 sounds reasonable to me. Uh, he's he proved that he he can't carry this the load on his shoulders last week, and he did very well doing so. So you you have to sort of switch gears sometime. And um, Melvin Gordon probably won't be with this team next year, so you want to give him. We want to give Javante more and more chances to to continue to show the team that he is the guy, not only now, but in the future. And the only way to do that is to give him more on his plate. And therefore, 60-40 sounds, sounds properly. All right. So, Walker, let's, let's talk about the win-loser draw for this game. Yeah. Um so I had to change this because of various things with the Lions, where everybody is sick. Everybody so, died. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, my win lose draw is all receivers: Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Jerry Judy. Well, <laughs> I will say Josh Reynolds will get seventy or sixty-nine yards, and he will have three to four catches. So he will be uh, what he exactly what he's been in the last two games with Detroit. So he will be a draw. I will go Jerry Judy win, and I guess that leaves Amon Ross St. Brown at the loss. I'm going Jerry Judy win because uh, Jerry Judy has been getting a good amount of targets. He hasn't cashed in a touchdown yet this year, 
and he hasn't had like a decently big game, he is kind of leading the way in this Denver passing game in terms of targets. So I just feel like if something is Sutton. What's that? Sure isn't Cortland Sutton. And I wrote about that this week at footballabsurdity.com. Um, they just took all the targets and they're like, all right, Jerry Judy gets half of these now. And you guys split the rest. Um, so Jerry Judy, he'll get like 85 yards and a touchdown, which for this year would be a win. His most yardage and his first touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go uh, win Jerry Judy. Yeah, he should get in his first touchdown, hopefully. St. Brown with the draw and Reynolds is the loss. Because I think they're going to want to go to St. Brown more. Even though that, that connection with uh, Goff and Reynolds, former teammates in the Rams, is is something that's really hard to break through. But uh, as I was talking about earlier with Javante, you have to see what's, what St. Brown can and cannot do as a rookie, how he can win and not win in this offense. I think he has a lot of, he has a lot of promise. So I, he's going to be te- targeted more heavily than Reynolds. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to go with St. Brown for the loss, not because I think he's going to play poorly. Um, just he's a pretty good young player, but he took advantage of a really beat up and bad defense last week. Um, this Denver defense, especially in the secondary, is pretty good. Um, I wouldn't expect him to have anywhere near the efficiency that he had last week. So um, he'll probably be more in like the four for 30 range, which would be um, – way lower than expectation. I'm going with Judy for the draw. Um, I guess I just, I believe in the Lions corners right now because the two outside guys are playing very well. Uh, Oruwariye and Jacobs have been like shockingly good, um, which is mostly due to, I mean, Amani's <laughs> good. I said due to, yeah. Uh, which is mostly due to Aubrey Pleasant being outstanding as a defensive backs coach. Uh, that man is incredible. So I will go with the draw because I think Judy will get a decent amount of production, but I don't think he gets his first touchdown. And I will go with Josh Reynolds for the win because I think he gets in the end zone, and uh, that's one of the Lions' two touchdowns in this game. The other one will be scored by Godwin Igwebuke. Yeah, let's talk about Godwin Igwebuke. Igwebuke? Uh, If you're going to play somebody in the Lions' backfield, play him, not Jefferson, because Godwin will catch passes. Yeah, and Jamar yeah. Jefferson is just a guy. Yeah, he's a he's he's a replacement level guy. He's perfectly fine, and that's it. What was he a seventh round pick? Yeah, I mean, I, just for a seventh round pick to just make the team and be on the team yeah, all year—that's already a win. So that's true. Yeah, he's he's not bad. He's not great. He is just a guy. He is all right at football. So. um are we? St- oh, I forgot to ask. Are we still starting Melvin Gordon? Like even with this Javante sixty forty split, like he's probably what like running back like twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, I I would say in good matchups like this week, yes, he's an RB two. Um, in worse matchups, he's more of a flex. All right, sounds good. So who are we taking in this one? Denver. Yeah, Detroit got their win last week. I'm gonna go with Denver. Yeah, I am as well. I wrote D-E dot 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 in the doc. So you guys had some suspense in there. Um, (laughs) All right. Next game up is the Giants and the Chargers. Um, 
This is a 44 and a half point over under. Chargers are at home. They're seven and five. Giants are four and eight. And Chargers are 10 and a half point favorites. So injuries in this one. Um, let's start with the Chargers here. They have like everybody on COVID. I'm refreshing um, Rotor World to make sure that we have up to date stuff. Uh, no injury designation for Austin Eckler. Uh, Keenan Allen will not play this week because of COVID. Mike Williams, who is deemed a close contact of Keenan Allen, continued to test negative for COVID, which means he is actually on pace to play this weekend. If he gets one more negative test on Saturday, he will play on Sunday. I believe that's how this works. Um, and Chris Harris, cornerback for the Chargers, also dealing with COVID issues. That's it for the Chargers. For the Giants, everybody's hurt every week. Just assume everybody's hurt for the Giants. That's how it goes. Mike Glennon is starting this weekend. He cleared concussion call. Still no Daniel Jones. Uh, Kenny Galladay is questionable with the ribs issue, but it sounds like he's going to play. Saquon Barkley, finally not on the injury report. No injury designation with the ankle. Sterling Shepard is questionable with this quad issue. Um, it sounds like he is likely to play. Kadarius Toney um, is out with an oblique issue. And if you saw... On Twitter, I believe yesterday, there was him moving extremely gingerly um, at practice. So probably a lost year for Tony. Um, and I believe that's it. So for this one, uh, Mike, you wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I really like this matchup against the Chargers. Um, I think they're like 28th against a run. So they... They are really uh, sus- suspect to that situation. I think um, so. My question is, can Barkley finish in the top fifteen? Uh, yeah, I, I think he can, and I think he just barely will. Um, I, I would say it's a it's a fringe RB one week for Saquon. The passing offense just isn't going to be there, and the Chargers' weakness on defense is up the middle. So I, I would expect Saquon to have a more efficient game this week. Um, he'll probably get in the end zone. And while I wouldn't expect a huge game, I don't think he'll necessarily break off any huge runs because the Chargers have good safeties that can prevent that. But I would say, yeah, mid-double digits, probably something around like 16 to 17 points for Saquon. Where do you have him in your ranks? Let me check that real quick. Because I did change a couple things. I have him at 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, right between Javante Williams and Antonio Gibson. And what do you what do you think is going to happen with him? Say next year during redraft, is he going to like fall to midway through? Is he going to be a dead zone running back? No, Ooh. no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I would say that. I doubt Saquon gets taken in the top five running backs again, but I still think he'll be a top 10 guy. He'll probably be somewhere between six and six and 10 in most people's running back rankings. Is he still a first rounder? If he's towards like, would you start to uh, take like, uh, like Kelsey and like Devon? Well, whoever you're like, Justin Jefferson's probably a first rounder next year. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would say he's a fringe first rounder. Yeah, I, I, probably my projection would be early second. Okay. He doesn't fall pretty much. He pretty much where he was last year or this year. You think? He's but yeah. 
This year he fell to that spot, though, because there was a lot of injury concerns. Right. I think next year he'll be healthy and he'll fall to that spot, and I think he'll be a value next year. Yeah. But he, there was injuries this year. Yeah, I know. That's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. But so, if there, so in the preseason, injury, Mike, he was worried about, it was concerned about injuries, which did not seem to hamper him. And then he had a freak thing where he stepped on a guy's uh, foot. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's there. The two aren't related. Is right. What there won't, there won't be injury issues next year. He'll just drop because people will remember the performance from this year. Exactly. And then he'll be a value because he'll be healthier than he was this season. I think he's going to be a value for sure. I just oh, yeah. think cool. he drops into the second round, like middle. Oh, of the, we're all saying that. Probably. Middle of the second round? Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. a little bit further. All right. If you can get if you can get Saquon in the middle of the second round, that'd be huge. Because then you can go with a different player in the first round. Right. Yeah, I'm really curious to see like different position, I should say. all this wide receiver stuff um, uh, shakes out. So let me ask you guys a question while we're talking about next year's draft. Um, yep. Travis Kelsey or Saquon Barkley? Saquon. Mm, I, I I don't think the landscape changes that much. Um, I'm I would actually go with uh, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Um, completely did not mean to do teammates, but Tyreek Hill or Saquon? I'll I'll go Saquon. Yeah, Saquon. All right. Um. Trying to think of a running back now. Uh, Antonio Gibson or Saquon? Antonio. Did Walker? What did you say? Saquon. Okay, so that's kind of the the point where you guys diverge. Okay, very interesting to see how this all shakes out. Um, I think a lot of there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement this off season, and I think a lot of that will depend will depends on who goes to New York, like. How good is he going to be catching passes from a 65-year-old Ben Roethlisberger next year? Come on, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've already stated my my claim. I think it's going to be New York Giant Teddy Bridgewater next season. Nah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking Jimmy G goes to Pittsburgh. So I think James really stays, like I think James stays in New York or New Orleans. So I th- When you said that, I, it does make sense for that to happen. So. Yeah, I just Pittsburgh has sniffed around Jameis before Um, they wanted him to be Ben's backup last year when he signed with New Orleans to be their backup. So uh, same coaching staff and stuff. So I was thinking maybe they'd want him in there. But yeah, um, they're they're doing a lot of quick game stuff and short passing. And that's not really what you want Jameis for. You want him for more of an intermediate to deep passing offense. Yeah, you want him to replace what Ben did like five or six years ago. Right. <laughs> Not what Ben does. Yeah, that. right. That offense has changed. What did you say, Walker, him to New York, to the Giants, Jameis Winston? No, I was thinking Jameis to Pittsburgh, but um, oh. I was thinking Teddy to New York. Yeah, I like Jameis to New York because exactly what you said with those wide receivers, I think that'd be a great fit. It it would be a good fit. I just don't know if New York would go that way. They they have a very like stuffy old man attitude to their franchise. That's true. They have, yeah. So, all right, uh, let's talk about um, these. It looks like a bunch of Chargers. Yes, it is a bunch and of Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and Herbie. I wanted to put a little doll figure there for you, Jeff. But, uh, oh, that doll is so cool. Walker thought it was my sister's thing or something. No, I think it. I, I do think it's cool. I just, 
you're the only person I know who follows them. So I figured it was something like somebody who's like related to you. Oh, no, I saw somebody else retweet it and you had to follow them. So like that little Herbie doll is not for sale in their Etsy store. Right. So I had to follow and retweet to get a chance to get that little Herbie guy. So cool. it should be for sale. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's I guess cute. they're they're back ordered, I guess, is what it is. So she has oh, like nice. one one right now. So she's giving it away. Gotcha. So anyways, uh, Herbie yeah. fully loaded Jalen Guyton or Josh Palmer. I'm going to go Palmer into the ether. Um, get he's a here. Yeah, he's he's get him out of here. Herbie will be a draw and Jalen Guyton will be a win. I think he'll have a pretty good game. Yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Guyton for the win. Um, he's likely going to be the number one guy, so he'll he'll just have more production than he usually does. Um, I'll say Josh Palmer is a draw because he doesn't ever do anything and he won't do anything in this game. Uh, and then I'll give Herbert the loss. Um, he's been QB one over the last four or five weeks. Uh, he's not going to be that this week with, uh, limited weapons and the Giants defense is perfectly fine. So more of a fringe QB one week this week for Herbert, but, uh, don't panic. He'll be right back to his, uh, Justin Herbert ways soon enough. All right. And, uh, Mike, did you go? Uh, no. So, I, I think Palmer is going to get the win here, even though Walker is right. Palmer's done absolutely zero, um, but is third on the team, I think, in snap percentage. Uh, so for him to do zero and your third wide receiver is not what you really want at your rookie, but he has been active. So the, the reason why I picked Palmer is because he's going to be more of the Keenan Allen guy, and it seems like Keenan Allen is just um, – you know, he's he's taken over. So I think they won't change there. Keenan Allen is out, correct? Uh, yes, he's out with COVID. Uh, Mike Williams is the only one that's up in the air. Okay. So, um, and then Jalen Guyton will play the Mike Williams role. And if we look at that, then we know Keenan Allen's been more active. Therefore, Palmer's the win. Guyton, Guyton's a loss and Herbie's a draw. All right. Sounds good. So um, I'm taking the Chargers to win. Same. Yeah, Chargers. All right. Next game up is Niners at Cincy. Uh, this is a 125 start. Niners are six and six. Cincy is seven and five. This is a 48 and a half point over under. Niners one and a half point road favorites. But I got that earlier this week. I have a feeling that that will change or maybe has already changed because Joe Burrow has no injury designation for this one. Um, his Pinky looked gnarly, but I guess it's okay. Um, Zach Taylor says he expects T. Higgins to play with his ankle issue. And Joe Mixon has the sniffles, uh, non-COVID sniffles, but he expects to play. And um, sorry I got thrown off because every time I see the name of the ESPN reporter for Cincinnati, I think that it's a joke because his name is Ben Baby. (laughs) So... um, all right, that's it for Cincy for the uh, Bengals. Uh, Debo Samuel has a chance to play with a core issue. Um, Elijah Mitchell has been ruled out with a concussion and a knee issue. And uh, Jeff Wilson is considered the front runner at running back, but he is still dealing with a knee issue from last week. Um, and the 49ers signed Brian Hill. So that tells you the state of their uh, their running back room right now. Um, Walker, I remember we were talking about it might be Josh Hokett. Well, it might be Brian Hill. No, it's not going to be Brian Hill. No, it's not. Um, so, all right. Uh, in this game, uh, I wanted to know, uh, this isn't a 
I guess this is, will Jeff Wilson Jr. or Jermichael Casey be able to cash in this opportunity? Or let me put the emphasis a little bit differently. Will Jeff Wilson Jr. or Jermichael Casey be able to cash in this opportunity? Whichever inflection you would like to answer. Yeah, I'm going to, I don't think either of them are going, I, not that I'll say that they'll necessarily look awful, um, but I don't think that they'll use this to prove to the coaching staff that they can cut into Mitchell's stranglehold on the starting job when he comes back healthy. Um, Wilson just isn't a very efficient player when he doesn't have a really good blocking in front of him, and the Niners line just hasn't blocked as well as they did last year. So it's, you know, Trent Williams has been kind of hit or miss in the run game lately. He's still an amazing pass blocker, obviously, but um, Mitchell has the speed to kind of make people miss, whereas Hasty isn't real fast straight ahead. He's more of an agile guy, and Wilson just isn't all that athletic. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect a particularly efficient game from Wilson. He'll probably get the most looks. And uh, I would expect Hasty to look pretty good in his role, but I don't think it's going to be a real big role. And I don't think it'll lead to him being more than a bit player the rest of the season. Okay. Yeah. And to your point, uh, Jeff Wilson, they've been using him uh, to spell Kyle Juszczyk in ty- at times at fullback, just not a particularly uh, speedy guy. Um, one thing I forgot to mention for the Niners, Fred Warner will be back for this one, but Drake Greenlaw will remain out. So, um, I mentioned uh, CJ Uzoma as a potential play on the rank show. I no longer believe that will be a great one. Um, Mike, what do you think about this Jeff Wilson Jr. Jamichael Hasty thing? I agree with Walker. I mean, we, we look at the 49ers offense, we look at the running backs, and we see speed, you know, hitting the hole, um, quickness, fast, fast. So that's Jamichael Hasty. Um, if anybody's going to benefit from this it will be hasty okay yeah i mean I, i'm not a big jeff wilson fan and, and i mean he's fun but not not that great so um all right let's do the win loser draw then um i because of the joe burrow hand injury and so much being up in the air and so many things being settled for the niners i decided to go with the bengals wide receivers t boyd and chase win lose or draw Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. I think Chase is going to show up this week and will be if if Joe Burrow is okay. This all depends on Burrow, but if Burrow is okay, I'm going to go with Chase as a victor just because he's not done anything in five weeks, uh, and that's going to change. He's just way too good for him to continue this misery. Uh, therefore. The draw would be Boyd, and the loss will go to T. Higgins. Okay. Walker? Um, I will say, yeah, I don't really know if there's like a, I don't know what a draw game for Higgins is right now because he seems to either have a really good game or a really bad game. Um, But I think I will go with, I'll go with Boyd for the draw. He's just, he's become the, the third option clearly and his role is just not big enough to really have a lot of variance. He's also not really that type of player. Um, and yeah, I'll go with Higgins for the win and chase for the loss. I'll say that continues for another week. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, I hope Jamar Chase can turn it around and, and you know, have a big game and then be once again the undisputed wide receiver one in Dynasty, snatching the clutches, snatching it from the clutches of Justin Jefferson, who usurped so him lot three weeks ago. I, I divided this out for T. Higgins because I was still that, that's a good question. What is a draw game for T. Higgins? So he's totaled 145 points in 12 weeks. 12 divided by into 145 is 144. So I would say 12 points is the, uh, you know, the draw, the draw. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm going to go full Homer and say the Niners win, baby. I'm also picking the Niners. Yeah. Go Niners. I I want them to win this game. Heck yeah. Let's go Niners. All right. Um, that made me realize I don't know when the next home game is. I should probably figure that out. Um, that might all right. be useful if you're going to go. Yeah, considering I've already paid for the tickets. Um, all right, so let's go on to the next game. The last afternoon game, Buffalo 7-5, and five, Tampa Bay 9-3, and 53-point over-under, Tampa Bay 3-point favorites. Um, injuries in this one. Uh, Richard Sherman has been activated from IR for the, the Bucks with a calf injury, which means uh, this time next week I'll be saying – uh, the Bucks have put uh, Richard Sherman on IR with a calf injury. Um, Ronald Jones had the tummy rumbles this week, but he's okay. He's off the report. It doesn't matter because he doesn't play football anymore. Um, for Buffalo, um, they got worked over uh, last week, and there's no injuries except for the persistent Cole Beasley ribs issue. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Emmanuel Sanders was uh uh, a non-injury uh, excuse from practice today because of uh, the Demarius Thomas thing. Um, so, all right. Um, Walker, you wanted to talk about this game. Yeah, uh, I was asking about that subject. Can we play the ancillary Bills receivers in this matchup? No, next question. All right. What if Emmanuel Sanders doesn't play? Uh, would you consider Gabe Davis? Yes. Uh, Mike, with the immediate yes, I love you. <laughs> I better, uh, sure. Woo! I, just, I mean, I, would I feel great about it? No. No, but like if I if Emmanuel Sanders decided not to play, uh, I would fully respect that decision. Obviously, um, yeah, I, I would probably go scoop up Gabe Davis and play him over Laquan Treadwell in my home league. Um, he's just a better football player. I mean, he's scored a touchdown two of the last three weeks, I believe. Um, just when he's involved, Josh Allen clearly trusts him. Uh, it's, he's good in the red zone, a big body that they don't really have with any of their other receivers. He's just a good football player. When they give him opportunities, he produces. I just wish they would give him more. Um, so if he gets the opportunity, I think don't miss it. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I, I don't feel so great about it. Um, I also don't feel so great about the running game. So I guess the ball's got to go somewhere. So it's not going to be. I mean, I, I, honestly, I would feel like it's going to be a Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox game if there's no Emmanuel Sanders. Because, like, Cole Beasley's been banged up. Gabe Davis, you know, he could easily just go, like, two for 45, which, sure. Um, I don't know. I just don't I just don't feel great about this uh, this passing game. It's not as potent as it has been. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, outside of Diggs, Gabriel Davis has been the second receiver. He's outscored Emmanuel Sanders uh, Cole, and Cole Beasley 
the last four weeks. Uh, so I think he's emerged as that guy. And uh, I, I have, you know, I, he's not, he hasn't had a blowout game. I mean, the most he's scored is like 13, 13 and a half points in the last four weeks. Uh, and before that it was almost 13 points. So it's not great, but yeah, I mean, as a flex option, why not? I'll go for it. Double digit guy. Okay. Um, Trying to think of, so we're starting Fournette. We're starting the, if you think of a Bucks guy, you're starting him unless he's Cam Brate or Ronald Jones um, for the Bills. Any running backs? I don't want to start any of them. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, I, I, I'm not interested. Singletary's the one with the most consistent workload, but he's not very good. Um, and they just don't use them that much. So yeah, it's, that was one of our takes that we pretty much collectively got right was don't, don't play the Buffalo running backs this year. Yeah. Yeah. Stay away. Uh, yeah. I, I'm reminded of my, um, my bust for the uh, for the Bills, which was every godforsaken running back on this roster, is I think how I put it. So, <laughs> um, so all right. Honestly, you guys brought up Cameron Bray, and Bray has probably equal or more chance to outscore both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. That's rough, and it's possibly true. Um, so yikes. Uh, all right. Um, let's go win, lose, or draw. Josh Allen, Thomas Brady, Mike Evans. All right. Um, I will go. Mike Evans will continue to just have like Mike Evans days, which is like 12 fantasy points, which is sometimes eight for 60. Sometimes it's six for 80. Sometimes it is uh, one catch for 50 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) But it's always like 12 fantasy points. So um, I will do that. And then I will go uh, Josh Allen with the win because of the secondary. And then Tom Brady with the loss because this is a very strong Bills defense. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Brady with the loss and Josh Allen with the win and Mike Evans with the draw. Mike Evans with the draw. All right. Uh yeah. I love how we are all like, yeah, Mike Evans does everything different every game, but it's always the same result. And in, in the yeah, yeah, he's a he's a high end wide receiver too. Yeah, exactly. So um, I will say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game. I agree. Uh, I so want the Buccaneers to win this game. Um, common opponent for the Colts. This guy loves Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. Mike's favorite player, Thomas Edward Brady. Yeah. Uh, but not because of the football, but because he open mouth kisses the his open son. open mouth kisses his son. <laughs> Beautiful moment. Um, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I'm going to go Tampa Bay on this one. I think Gracie is going with Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I think Gracie is definitely going with Buffalo. That is Cat for Let's Go Buffalo. Um, all right, so... Next game up is Chicago and uh, Green Bay, the I Own You game, uh, part two. Uh, This is a 43.5 point over-under with Green Bay as 12.5 point favorites. 
Uh, Chicago is four and eight. Green Bay is nine and three. Mike is off cat wrangling. Uh, for the Packers injuries, uh, Aaron Rodgers with COVID-19 uh, did practice. Uh, Randall Cobb will be sidelined for several games. Uh, he had core muscle surgery. Uh, this is the second time this year where this man had a big game and then got hurt. So <laughs> good job, Randall Cobb. Um, Jair Alexander returned to practice this week. Um, he may or may not play. That is up in the air. And then for uh, Chicago, let's see, God, uh, Justin Fields is back, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he is, he's back from the ribs. Marquise Brown um, is not going to play. It looks like David Montgomery will play and uh, Allen Robinson will play with the hamstring issue. But honestly, at this point, if you drafted Allen Robinson, you are probably looking at fantasy baseball. Um, <laughs> so uh, in this one, Mike, what do you want to talk about for this game? And I think it's a, a kind of an interesting question. So I'm curious to know what, what we can expect from Justin Fields now and in the future. Uh, now we can expect him to play the, against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. Cool. Um, in the future, he will be a Chicago Bear, more than likely, and uh, he will play, play quarterback for them. Um, no, I think I think now it's I think it's learning time for Justin Fields. I think it's like, hey, um, you know, not learning time in a bad way, but like, hey, this is your team now. You're going to go out there for the rest of the year and we'll see what it does. Honestly, Matt Nagy is going to be one of those guys that gets fired the moment the season ends. So I don't know what to expect from Justin Fields in the future because I don't know who his head coach is going to be. Um, I still believe in the talent. I still think that he was, at worst, the third best quarterback in this class. Um, I think I had him second. No, I had him second. I said he was a lot closer to Trevor Lawrence than a lot of people want to admit. Um, so I think he still has all the upside in the world. Um, he still, I still think, you know, his range of outcomes is likely somewhere around Dak Prescott. So I feel good about him. So I'm excited. I just want them to get a good coach and uh, um, a good offensive line and everything sorted out there in Chicago so that he can have a nice career. I don't. <laughs> oh, the Bears suck. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think Waleed might have a difference of opinion there. Waleed can fight me. Get out of here. <laughs> what's halfway between uh uh michigan or where i forget your city of michigan what's halfway between there and uh chicago what's the temecula of the uh, northwest territory will lead meet me in big rapids <laughs> will lead meet me in big rapids all right um so what do you think for justin fields going forward uh Justin Fields will at some point in his NFL career be a very good NFL quarterback. I don't know if that's going to be on the Bears. And I don't know if it is with the Bears at what point that is because they just don't have the infrastructure in place to mentor a young quarterback. Um, But he'll eventually be somewhere where he's good. It might end up being like a Ryan Tannehill career path where he plays plays intermittently good and bad for a long time with the bears. They eventually cut him loose and he goes somewhere else and excels where they actually understand his talent. And what he he's goes good to at. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, you never know. The timeline um, might work, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they <laughs> Tannehill finally ages out and they do the exact same thing with fields. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I like him as a player, but, uh, and for the future. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see, 
for fantasy at least, he he's not going to be relevant the rest of the season. This just isn't a good enough offense. That's not a good coach. It, it's it's just a bad situation all around. Yeah, it's it's. I don't expect much out of him for this year. It's like like I said, it's it's a learning experience for him for the rest of the year and uh, go from there. You know, it's it's not particularly enthused about uh, him for the rest of the year. I am enthused about Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mooney, I think, is a low-end wide receiver, too, high-end flex. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty good for a team that is terrible, to get that out of there. Um, yeah, that's true. All right, so speaking of terrible players, David Montgomery is on Mike's win, loser draw. And who else are we worrying about here, Mike? Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, a pass catching back AJ Dillon for the win. God, he catches passes. Walk. What do you want me to say? I hate you so much. He's basically Jamal Williams. Walker, he has at least four catches in three of his last four games. What do you want me to do? I'm. I can't call him a pass catching running back because he's not good at doing it. He, he catches just, passes. Uh, I hate it. It sucks so much. He's caught 27 of his 29 targets this year. I know. It's because it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and his targets are all wide open. That's great. Um, Aaron Jones for the loss because Aaron Jones is sneakily just, like, not doing much anymore. Um, because they Second they've, contract they've, running back. What's that? Second contract running back. Yeah, he is. I mean, last game, 10 for 23. The game before that, his passing... Uh, saved him, but seven for 25 on the ground, 12 for 53 on the ground. The game before that, it's just like uh, Aaron Jones is like sneakily just like not doing much right now, which is kind of weird because he's very good. And uh, so Dylan with the win. So David Montgomery will be the draw because he's going to get two catches, 70 total yards, and maybe he scores a touchdown. Yeah, Montgomery is uh, he's a high end RB2 like normal. He is David Montgomery. Um, so he's yep. So he's a draw. Um, you know, obviously this lines up with my biases, but um, this seems like a game where Aaron Jones gets a couple touchdowns. I just got a good feeling about Jones, so I'm going to go with Jones for the win and Dylan for the loss. But Dylan's still a fine flex play. He'll probably end up with, you know, he's been averaging just over 10. So I would guess, you know, for the loss, I would expect like something like six or seven. But I mean, even if he's that, he won't kill you. So he's still a fine desperation flex play. How many balls does he catch? Two. What? That's his, that'll be his low matching his lowest output in five weeks. That's right. The man loves catching passes. Yeah. All right. Um. Anything else to talk about in this game? We're not starting. I mean, Cole Komet's like a flaw, a blob guy. I almost called him a flob guy. Uh, Cole wow. Komet's like a blob guy. Um, Darnell yep. Mooney's a start, like Walker said. Dave Montgomery's a start. Justin Fields is a sit. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a start. This game is very straightforward. Uh, the oh. Green Bay pa- – oh, Mike, what, did you have something to say? Yeah, I was curious. on What's the difference in tight ends between a blob guy and a glob guy? Uh, depending blob, on the blob how, guy is a guy that you can play sometimes in good matchups. A glob guy, you stay away. Stay away completely. Gotcha. Glob so guy blo- is Johnny Smith. Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. Uh, no, yeah. Um, the only other two guys you'd even be thinking about are um, 
Allen Robinson's healthy again. Somebody's going to get excited. Don't, uh, don't do it. And uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is a fine like flex dart throw. Oh yeah, MVS. He uh, 19 targets the last two games. He um, has not dropped any targets this year. So uh, if you need a big boom, uh, he is has that potential in him, and he's been playing well. Yep. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw four touchdowns, and the Packers will win 33 to seven, nine, ten. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Packers are going to stomp the Bears into oblivion. I agree with Walker. But not, but not Jeff. Jeff. Get I wrecked. Get at all. Nope. Get. I, I am, you only a Coke. I am wrecked. Uh, by the way, we'll lead uh, 500 North Warren Avenue, Big Rapids, Michigan. That's Big Rapids Middle School. That is where you could meet Walker to fight him. Yeah, meet me in the middle damn. school parking lot. <laughs> middle school I was gonna... parking lot. <laughs> the Jets and the Sharks. <laughs> I, I thought of a really dumb, bad joke to make, but I don't think it's a good idea. All right, then don't make it. Uh, I'm last not game. going to. I will tell I, you after the podcast. Okay, last game. Rams at Cardinals. Rams are 8-4. Cardinals are 10-2. and two, And it was a typo. This is a 51-point over-under. 41 made less than no sense. Arizona, two-and-a-half-point favorites. That line has moved – or that line moved from one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half. Um, injuries in this one. Um, let's see. Uh, Chase Edmonds. I'm double-checking – I didn't see anything. He's, he's still on IR. Yeah, um, designated to return. So it doesn't sound like he's going to play. It's uh, They have another day because it's a Monday night game. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. I, right now, it seems like it's really 50-50. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure there. Um, it seems like uh, on the Rams side, it seems like Henderson is going to play. Yeah. So um, – one more guy for the Cardinals, though. Zach Ertz popped up with the shoulder issue and was limited in the middle of the week. So definitely something to double check, um, especially because this is a Monday night game and your pivots are not great. Like, I guess it is Tyler Higby, but Tyler Higby is still inexplicably rostered in 5% of leagues. It right. So you might have to, uh, if Zach Ertz is out, you're going to have to pivot to whoever their number two tight end is. Daryl Daniels, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Arizona, our lads. Let's see. Max Williams with one leg. Max uh, Williams is on IR. That's why I said with one leg, because um, his knee exploded. Uh, da, 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 and 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 Daryl like, Daniels. Yeah, it, Demetrius Harris would be ahead of him. Yeah, so. Uh, I would yeah. not do that if I were. No, there. I wouldn't recommend it. Have a yeah, probably just stay away from Zach Ertz if he's not. Uh, if it's still truly game time by Sunday morning, then just. Stream Brevin Jordan. Yeah, so um, it's looking like uh, Walker said Daryl Henderson is looking like he's going to play, yeah. um, but he was limited in practice this week, and the Rams called up Mackay Sargent from the practice squad. So keep an eye on that, just in case things go sideways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's been limited both days. Uh, they said they don't think that the injury is serious, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, calling seems, up Sergeant from the practice squad is what made me kind of right. Yeah, that that concerns me too. I mean, I I've he's been uh, you know they they've been pretty adamant that it's not a serious injury and they expect him to play. But I mean, yeah, that that move corresponding doesn't really jive with that. So yeah, so just keep a close eye on it, and uh, and I'm sure Evan and I will talk about it on Sunday. 
Um, and then Cooper Cup was dealing with the toe issue, but he's fine. He's uh, he's upgraded to full practice on Friday. No issues. Uh, he is still uh, good at football. So um, I don't know, Walker, what does happen when Chase Edmonds returned? We push this off for one more week. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I... I still want to talk about it because it's important for the fantasy playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I really personally, I really think it's just going to go back to how it was at the start of the season. Um, Edmonds is going to have the bigger role because he's the better football player. He's more dynamic. He's the better pass catcher, but James Connor will continue to be trusted near the goal line. Um, Connor will be a touchdown dependent flex play and Edmonds will be a weekly mid tier RB two because he doesn't have a super high upside role, but he has a very consistent role that he's good in. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that when you consider what it looked like when they were both there. I mean, Connor was getting 10 to 15 carries a week, depending on how much time they spent around the goal line. Um, but he scored, you know, like two, two, one, zero, one, two touchdowns in that time. So it is very touchdown dependent, but it's a good and potent offense. Um, so um, I agree. I think Chase Edmonds will, it's going to, Chase Edmonds will be the more useful player to the Cardinals, but I don't know if he's going to be the more useful fantasy player just because of James Conner getting all these stupid touchdowns. It's like, yes, he's touchdown dependent. He can't goose you, but at the same time, it's like this man just cannot stop scoring touchdowns. So it's 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 here or there. Like uh Mike, did you I didn't tell you my very dumb statistic. I don't know if you saw it. What's that? Uh it made Kev really mad. Uh but he would not, not admit not it. Not really. He he didn't make him that mad. No, but it, it tilted him a little bit because he 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 started to do his uh fervently defending Joe Mixon thing. Um mm-hmm. since Chase Edmonds got hurt, uh uh Joe Joe blah, my brain won't even let me say it. James Connor has scored more fancy points than Joe Mixon since Chase Edmonds injury in PPR. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. That's a stat. That's, I like that stat. And it's not like James Conner is good. He just had uh, three touchdowns in a game and then has six touchdowns in the last four weeks and catches yes. a lot of foot. And it, it's because he catches footballs and Joe Mixon doesn't. That's all it is. That's yep. literally all it is. Right. That's why, that's why I say touchdown dependent flex. Like, yeah, I, I would say Conner at this point, seems to have a two thirds chance to score a touchdown each week at yeah. this point. But like when Edmonds comes back, Connor isn't going to, he's going to catch like one pass a game. Yeah. So, what, yeah. When, when Edmonds comes back, Connor is getting you 16 points or four in a week. Yeah, he, like, he's, he's, yeah, he's going to get probably 10 carries and one catch and he's going to average about four yards carry. So he's going to have 50 yards and one catch. So that's six points. If he scores, he's got 12. If he scores twice, he's got 18. This is what you get from him. Yeah. And then Edmonds will have his, eight carries for 45 yards and four catches for 30 more yards. But that's 11 and a half points. And then you probably won't score a touchdown. So there you go. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. As Walker said, you said it all. Um, I don't know why that sticks in my head. They say it on the around in the NFL podcast and it's been stuck in my head. Uh, you've said it all. All right. Um, Let's do win, lose, or draw. Uh, Walker, let's do your win, lose, or draw. Uh, my win, lose, or draw in this game is Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr., and DeAndre Hopkins. And real quick before that, uh, I have Van Jefferson as a flex play. We didn't talk about him, but this oh, yeah. is just the last guy to mention that isn't in here. 
Um, do you guys disagree with that, or is that no, not at all? I'm no, I'm, I think he's a okay. good play. What yeah. about Christian Kirk? I have him as a also a flex play, but not as good of one. That's harder because I, I think there's just too many mouths to feed in that Cardinals offense. If there's no Zach Ertz, I feel good about it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I would say I probably have, would have Kirk ahead of Van if Ertz is out. And if Ertz is in, I would have Van ahead of Kirk. I don't yeah. even know if I, if I could trust that. The last two weeks... He's at 4.5 and 1.4. Um, has not finished in the top 24 uh, since week seven. Uh, so top 30, um, he probably had two weeks in there. Um, mm-hmm. Two of the five weeks he's had been a top 30. So yeah. overall, we're saying um, Van Jefferson, good flex. Christian Kirk, meh flex. Meh, meh. Very meh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Um, right. What yeah, about so Odell Beckham? Stafford Beckham, Stafford Beckham Hopkins for win, lose, draw, guys. Uh, Stafford stays winning. That's all I have to say about that. No, um, I think Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's been struggling recently because his injury designation was old guy, but then he had back-to-back like three touchdown games. So I'm feeling pretty good. I think he'll be up to the task on you know Monday Night Football. I think he'll continue... I mean, I don't know. If he goes back to what he was at the beginning of the season, is that a draw or a win? I think it's a win because it's better than what he's been producing lately against good defenses. Then win and then draw will be DeAndre Hopkins because um, he's just kind of a wide receiver two right now. Just a middle wide receiver two. Um, you know, 55 yards and a touchdown, six catches, something like that. Yeah, I think he's still hurting too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's playing yeah. at about 75%. But yeah, he's gotten it out and he's... He's given you, yeah, solid, unspectacular production. He's basically Hunter Renfro for fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Odell Beckham will be a loss because um, Sean McVay won't speak lovingly in his ear like he did to Van Jefferson last week. <laughs> if you that guys was, saw that video. That was cool, honestly. No, it was a cool video. No, I mean, it made me like Van Jefferson so much more. Oh, yeah, was, that that was that was super cool that like both of them were they, they just have a good relationship. And it's yeah. like it's nice to see a coach nurturing a relationship with a player. Yeah, and then you, there was a report earlier in the week about how Van Jefferson basically is like the glue that holds the wide receiver room together because he's just like always in touch with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and like with Odell Beckham on board, he's like he's like the the glue guy in that room. So um, I liked him coming out, so I'm glad to see Van Jefferson like being a thing. Capitalism. Yeah, it's it, and it, it it makes everybody on a like breakout agent dominator rating Twitter so mad. Yeah, because he's a because he was a 24 year old prospect with average athleticism and they were like and who never produced hugely in college and they're like there's no way this guy can be any good he there nobody with his athletic profile has ever amounted to anything in the nfl he's trash you shouldn't even draft him and then now he's good because he's, you could watch the tape and see that he was good he's not even an alpha i think he actually is alpha size wow. whatever that means. so so beans guy probably loved him uh oh yeah probably that man loves that man loves talking about alpha (laughs) all right uh uh, win loser i mean sorry who wins this game yeah i'm going to go i'm gonna go with the cardinals i think they're the best team in the nfl 
Fair enough. I will also go Cardinals because same old sorry ass Rams. Yeah, I like the Cardinals as well. I think they, uh, yeah, if not the best, definitely top three. And especially when you have Murray, who's full strength, full as close as it's going to be. Uh, and that, and that also another thing, a negative aspect on James Conner, another ding would be the fact that Kyler Murray is going to be running the ball like Kyler Murray has in the past. So mm-hmm. that definitely is going to restrict James Conner from producing what he's been producing. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, Cardinals are victorious. Go Cardinals. And I want, the, I need the Cardinals to win so that the Rams continue to slide and maybe the Niners somehow pass them in the wild card standings. Oh my God. Could you believe it? Yeah. All right. I could believe it. I would love to believe it. All right. Anything else you guys wanted to add for this one? Um, go Lions. Uh, I agree. Go Lions. Also go Niners and go home Colts. I don't think the Colts win this week, Mike. Take that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough, tough one to win. I, I, you, but you know what? I don't think they'll lose either. That's true. They won't lose. Yeah, so. you know, you can't go backwards uh, without going Forwards. nowhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the last normal week in the season. Uh, no more uh, next week. You got Saturday football and then it's just all no more Monday. And it's a whole mess from here on out. It's the last regular season week of fantasy. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will continue this through week 17. And uh, Mike and I will be back on Tuesday. Uh, listen on Sunday to the Starter Sit Show on twitch.tv slash football absurdity. Take care. Did you want to do the football rankings or the football ranking? <laughs> I have it right here. I it got deleted. I accidentally deleted it. That's why it's gone. All right, let's talk football rankings. Football rankings. Uh, last week, uh, Walker returned uh, back to glory after his four point uh, output in week twelve and week thirteen. He's he nailed twelve teams. I think you, almost you, perfect. You, 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 you. So great job there. And then Jeff and I tied at 10. Overall, Walker now has a two-point lead over Jeff. What? Yeah. This is ridiculous. 83 to 81 and has a three-point lead over me, 83 to 80. So it's getting down to nitty-gritties. Um, Got to catch up. You guys can't I, let me win. I will. I'll mention it every episode until <laughs> the, <laughs> until until the end of the next one. Now, now I'm mad I didn't just enact my plan, which was just pick whoever Walker picks, so he's incapable of catching up to me. <laughs> You'll forget would, every week. I would, st- but I would still be in first place if I'd actually done that. Yeah, because you know I'm the best. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Calm down. I just realized uh, this is the second straight chaos game we had on Thursday Night Football. So, um, so all right, guys. Now I say bye. Bye. bye.